What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show lined up for you guys today. Um, plenty of stuff to talk about regarding Marvel. Some interesting news we'll talk about at the very top with the, our co host regarding what the future is for Hawkeye. Um, a big cancellation when it comes to Marvel Television, as we know that that branch is coming to a close with a big uh, departure coming probably sometime in November. And uh, and uh, a DC movie made some news this week. So a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We got some really good show recaps. We didn't get to talk about Watchmen. We will be talking about Watchmen today. We'll also be talking about Black Lightning as well as uh, as Titans. So I'm really excited for this show. Hope you guys enjoy. Joining me are my co-hosts, starting with Shamari Stewart. And Shamari, I do want to start off quickly getting your thoughts on this uh, story from Independent this week that uh, it appears that Disney was considering ousting uh jeremy renner and recasting him but that they have apparently decided to go against that idea that they will right as of right now stay with renner in hawkeye the tv show are you surprised and is this a good move i i am a little bit surprised just because of how heavy-handed they were with gun um i mean they they wasted no time in going after gun and did they maybe <laughs> learn from that you know, that is definitely yeah. uh, something to think about, you know, but they wasted either way. You know, they wasted no time in going after him. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I honestly am surprised uh, that they took such a measured approach um, to Renner, who I would argue is I, I mean, I personally would argue this, but I'd argue he's not as critical um, as Gunn, who created this Guardians franchise that has been so integral to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, whereas Hawkeye is a character that I think can be replaced, quite frankly. So, um, yeah. So I am definitely surprised. Do I think it's a good move? <coughs> Excuse me. I do. Personally, just for, for right now, I'm thinking, uh, honestly, I, I'd say I'm I'm basically almost certain. They had a talk with him. <laughs> someone, oh, sure. Yeah, someone at Disney had a talk with him. They're like, hey, wh- what's going on? What happened? Where's your head at? You know, what is the situation that we're dealing with? And, you know, he must have told them uh, whatever information, I guess, that convinced them that he was going to be a problem going forward. And, I mean, I think Jeremy Renner does a good job as Hawkeye. Um, you know, these are horrendous allegations, you know, but, I mean, at this point they are still allegations. You know, I feel like they have to, they probably gauged where Jeremy Renner's head is at currently and talked with him. And, you know, right now I don't see um, really, uh, I don't think just cutting the cord with him would have been the right move to do immediately without without any other, without anything else coming out about him. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is enough for that. So I think they did the right move uh, for right now, you know, and just... Kind of, you know, keeping him around, but, you know, now I feel like this is a kind of, um, this is definitely a strike against him. And if more stuff starts coming out, you know, eventually they'll have to make a decision. Ken, though, I get the impression this dude is probably on thin ice if they've already considered getting rid of him. I think. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Anytime there's a a scathing report like that, uh, you know, hopefully you're on the hot seat. Yeah. (laughs) He's not like, oh, who cares? (laughs) <laughs> as we you said in basketball and football and baseball 
in any sport really. Now, once you're on the hot seat, you're kind of always on the hot seat. Exactly. So, so even if he is safe today, I think that uh, he likely could be gone at any moment in time if any other allegation comes, and that's the concern I would still have. This is why I would hold in saying that it was the right move, only because I just feel like, um, unfortunately, when we see these horrible allegations, a lot of times the uh, these attackers, I don't know if Renner is an attacker yet, but... Um, these attackers, a lot of times, they've done it before. So he's threatening violence against his wife, allegedly. If that is true, it's very, it's likely, unfortunately, that these kind of acts were done again. So I'm a little surprised Disney would would put out any kind of feelers out there that, that they were going to move far, forward with him without kind of waiting to see the dust settle a little bit. But what do you think, Kendall? It's interesting because when we compare this to the James Gunn situation. I slightly disagree uh, with Shamari in the sense that I think it was going to be harder for them to replace Renner because, you know, he's an on-camera person. I mean, they've done it before, but we talked about how, you know, that's that's awkward, you know. I agree that he's less integral in, like, the, the quality of the product, you know. Like, obviously, right. James Gunn creating the Guardians and the stories and the humor and that stuff can't really be replaced. Whereas Jeremy Renner's performance, there's nothing special about it. But, yeah. you know, from just a marketing business perspective, it was, it, you know, it's going to be tough, you know, for them to replace Jeremy Renner. Um, what's also interesting is that there's a difference in the sense that Gun, they were, they had to be much quicker with Gun, or they could be much quicker with Gun because there was so much like. Like, Gunn didn't deny any of it. He didn't say, you know, I was hacked. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't me. <laughs> you know, like, like the Renner thing, he, Renner is denying this stuff. That you is know, true. so unless, unless they can prove it. And I think they must have had their lawyers, and we know Disney had probably the best lawyers in Hollywood, you know, probably along with Warner Brothers. Um, they probably had multiple conversations with Renner's people, with law enforcement, with, you know, they had a lot of probably internal discussions and realized they may not be anything here. So we can, or may not be enough to, to where they feel like they have to get rid of him. So I, I, I think from a legal perspective, they realized it was probably best for them to just keep him uh, and kind of, I wouldn't say wipe this under the rug, but just pretend like it didn't happen. Um, I, I, though I, I do agree with EJ that, you know, this may not be the end, you know, they're keeping him for now, but uh, you know, well, like you said, once these kind of allegations are out there, it doesn't mean that there's a guarantee that these are the last ones. So, I mean, we'll see. But, I mean, it's a, I mean, I want to say it's good news, assuming, you know, assuming he's innocent, which I guess maybe is an assumption, a strong assumption, but assuming he's, in, he's it's innocent. an assumption that's only granted in the court of law, which is a yeah. lot of times people don't understand when they say, oh, we're rushing to judgment or whatever. <laughs> you look in the court of law you get the assumption of of innocence you know just i don't mean i gotta assume you're innocent so right, yeah. you know but um but yeah you know it's good for comic book fans you know that like of course the hawkeye project is is gonna seemingly move forward uh the same as it always will or same like it always was so uh, it should be exciting. Haley Steinfeld actually, you know, was asked about it, and she didn't really comment. Well, she wasn't asked about Renner, I don't think, but she was asked about Hawkeye in general. And obviously, she didn't comment because yeah, she's smart. Yeah, she's not officially <laughs> one. She's not officially on 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 board, so she, mm-hmm. you know, probably has an NDA. But two, yeah, you know, very much up in the air. 
Yeah, last thing you want to do is say something in support of the show or Hawkeye and something, or, you know, Renner and something crazy happened. So, yeah, I mean, obviously she wasn't going to do that. I do feel like um, you made a good point about comparing it to Gunn and that the the gun situation, the um, there are some people that actually did call for his firing, like us. <laughs> um, but then there were a lot of other people who had agendas, and they really put Disney in the box because, as you said, General didn't, I mean, uh, Gunn didn't deny any of the, were well, allegations they were just stuff he posted so it really painted disney in this weird box of do you support the stuff that gun was saying right and no one can support the tough gun saying unless you're like a crazy homophobe or crazy anti you know feminist or whatever like you have to be a, a maniac to obviously support what gun was saying whereas with, with renner there always is that little caveat of look he's not convicted of anything he, these are all allegations they're not even criminally charging him with anything this is a custody battle and not to say that that makes the allegations any less credible but obviously custody battles always get very contentious um you're trying to win the custody of your kids so you're putting all you have in it at stake in in those uh in those battles so it's kind of no holds bar and you hear a lot of really wild stories about people so i think disney took that in consideration and felt like you know at the end of the day they're standing by their guy who's saying that he didn't do any of this whether he did or not i don't know that allegations were certainly disturbing but it just didn't seem i guess i think at the at this at this moment in time there just doesn't seem to be enough real concrete evidence to do anything drastic i think for them now again i don't necessarily know if i agree that i would take taking them away off the table at this moment. I think I would still be evaluating it, kind of just letting it play out. Because they announced the show, and they did announce he was going to be in it. But, I mean, they got a long time for the show comes out. So there's no rush or urgency to make a decision. So I just thought they should have uh, held out. But um, staying on Marvel, though, we got a lot to talk about on this show. And one of the things we got to talk about is obviously the cancellation of a show that we all pretty – pretty much enjoyed um cloak and dagger is officially mm-hmm. done as part of the new marvel television revamp which really isn't a revamp marvel television is, i think it's just done and uh and and this is the first true official casualty of the jeff uh of the uh kevin feige era and the eventual jeff Lowe departure which we'll get into a little bit more in a second but um i i saw olivia holt and uh aubrey uh Myri, i'm hoping I'm pronouncing his name last name correctly uh, posted their uh, kind of farewell. I thought they were pretty heartfelt. I actually enjoyed reading them, and I, 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 I you know, seeing especially Aubrey talk about him being like a struggling actor who's ready to quit, and then he got this role. And it was funny because I remember when we first started talking about Cloak and Dagger, how I felt that Aubrey, not that he was a weak link, but I thought that he wasn't really bringing a lot to the table initially to be a lead. And I and like by the end of the first season, I, I thought that he really grew so much he got so much better so I kind of hear him talk about how he was a struggling actor he got this shot and how like he tried to make the most of it and me thinking about how i saw him get better throughout the whole season and then season two i thought he was fantastic um it, it was kind of nice to see him kind of acknowledge the initial struggles he had as an actor as a whole before getting this gig and it was sad obviously to see the show end but yeah i just thought it was unfortunate you know obviously we know Marvel Studios is trying to blend in everything they're doing on television with everything they're doing with the movies. But I just feel like I hope that there's a way to, to, to include these characters 
in something else. I doubt it. I, I assume that whatever Feige vision he has, he's going to make Cloak and Dagger something different if that's indeed characters they want to use. But um, but what do you think, Sham, of the official cancellation of uh, Cloak and Dagger? Uh, definitely saddens me because I like the show. I thought it was a very good show. I thought how they um, portrayed uh, just New Orleans in general was very well. They And they were in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You know, they shot in New Orleans. Uh, uh, Olivia Holt even mentions that. Yeah. In her uh, her farewell post. So it is is definitely something. And you were in New, New Orleans, weren't you? I've been in New Orleans a couple times. Yeah. So, it's a dope city. And it's very unique. And they did a good job of encapsulating that. Yeah. I thought they did as well. Uh, they definitely put New Orleans, I wouldn't say they put them on the map, but I think they, they did a good job. Yeah, I think, I think uh, they, <laughs> they all, like, didn't know what New Orleans was, man. They watched Cook and Dagger. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo. Yeah, 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 no, Lil Wayne, Archie Manning, uh, you know, Drew, Drew Brees. Look, Zion. man, I'm, Zion. <laughs> look, I'm one of those people, man. I wasn't the New Orleans guy. I watched Cloak and Dagger. I'm like, you, you know, know get, maybe Gambit, let's get Gambit some love. <laughs> you know, I, I got Chris Claremont writing Gambit in the 70s, on the 80s, rather. Like, I was like, maybe I should visit this New Orleans place. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But, um, yeah, they, they really did a good job. I thought the setting was very well portrayed. I thought the characters were well done. I thought the writing was good. I thought it was, it was surprisingly good. Surpri- they touched a lot of very serious topics. They did. And they it did it, did them in a very impactful and... It was never corny. Uh, it was never, never corny, corny never halfway, like, never half-baked, never something that was just kind of thrown in. Just to throw it in, um, uh, but um, but yeah, I just I thought the show was fantastic, and I, it's definitely gonna be missed. Kendall, do you see a future for Cloak and Dagger in the MCU, or do you think that this is the the end of this Cloak and Dagger as we know it? Interesting, because personally, I think that look, I don't know what Kevin Feige is gonna do. If I had to bet money. I don't know if we're going to see Cloak and Dagger again, like just in general with characters, but if we did, I guess it would probably be like new actors or what, but whatever they want to do. But personally, I think that there is a way in which they can do this and bring back the same two actors and actresses. You know, like, I don't see why you why you have to recast these characters if three years from now they want to put them in, you know, whatever movie or TV show they want to use them in. Because it, like, what purpose does it serve? Honestly, like, the same way that the CW did it with Constantine. Canceled Constantine. Mm-hmm. But they used the same character, and they used Matt Ryan to play Constantine, even though he had his own show. And you know what happened? Nobody nobody was like, I don't know what's going on. Is it the same character? What? Like, it, honestly, people connected with the character more. If they would have recasted Constantine... I don't think people would have cared about that character nearly as much as they did when he was put onto Legends of Tomorrow and when he was added back into the Arrowverse. I agree. Because then, then you have that connection with the character and the actor. And point blank, like none of us watched Constantine. And we had more of a connection to that actor and character than we probably would have had they casted, recasted someone random as Constantine. So I think that like because now, look, as somebody who, again, hasn't watched Constantine, I know there's a whole library of a show that I can go back and watch if I like the character. Mm-hmm. You know, if I like the actor's performance. Just like if 
somebody else likes Cloak and Dagger's performance in a future Marvel movie or what have you, they can they can then go back and watch this show. So that'll be my pitch to Kevin Feige is, look, I, I don't know if I agree with the decision to cancel it, but I understand it. That's not his show, and Jeff Loeb's not there. So what's the point of keeping it on? But I would slow down in, this, in the conversation of whether or not they should then oust these two actors or these two performers because they have a good chemistry. I, I think they, they did a good... They did a good job on the show. Everything, you know, the story, this, that, and the other thing, that's not really, again, that's not, that's out of their control. But I think it's not like the actor and actress, the actor and actress were, uh, were weaklings. Mm -hmm. So I, I think if I were, again, if I were Kevin Feige, I would, I would do, I would continue with these characters. But at the same time, what this tells me is that I think the runaways is also gone. Yeah. Yeah, it's dead show walking right now, which is mm -hmm. so sad. You guys know how much I love Runaways. I think Runaways is, uh, without question, one of the best superhero, quote-unquote, shows we have on television. So um, I definitely think that show is, is near against end. Though I think that I could see, you know, the last, the last two seasons didn't do anything to suggest that, oh, we're, like, okay with ending on one season. I think that... Uh, I think there's a chance that they could probably wrap this season up a little better in a way in which you know it would be more satisfying if it did end uh, after one season. I do think Kendall makes a good point about the value that I would hope Kevin Feige has um, with keeping the same actors. I think that Kendall makes an excellent point about Constantine and how there was a lot of fanfare for him, uh, that same actor being brought on to uh, Legend of Tomorrow, even though that show wasn't that popular. I mean, it had fans. Like, every show has a decent amount of fans. They had hardcore fans. And, of course, those hardcore fans for Constantine would probably cross over with Legends. Just like the hardcore fans of uh, anything Cloak and Dagger did was without, without 100% going to cross over with whatever future project they were in, whether it was a new Cloak and Dagger show or it's a Marvel project, another Marvel TV show, a Marvel movie. Probably. I wouldn't, I wouldn't guarantee only because it's on Freeform. And but I would argue that the people... I, don't, I would argue... And you you could jump in, Sham, whenever you want. I would argue that Freeform, I don't know if their loyal audience is loyal because they're watching Cloak and Dagger. I, I I would assume the viewership they're getting from Cloak and Dagger is the people that understand this is a Marvel show and they're coming to Freeform. Like, I don't, I, may, I could be wrong, but I just feel like the content on Freeform, I don't know if there's people that, like, you know, it's not like when Smallville was on CW. Where like it wasn't just like Smallville was as very just as much a CW show as it was a um, a DC show, so to speak. I don't get that impression with Freeform because I don't know if Freeform really has a loyal audience. If that makes sense, like I don't like ABC Family at one point did have a loyal audience. I think they kind of fell off and they became something different and they rebranded. I don't know if Freeform has a loyal fan base. I can't say that. Um, so I would argue that the people that are watching that show are not coming because they, they watch Freeform, is what I'm trying to say, if that makes sense. I I have no idea because I'm, I'm not really in tune with the fan base that watches Freeform. That's true. They're so, younger than us. Yeah, much younger. Um, and, I mean, they I mean they watched the, uh, watch the channel just in perusing through the comments left of on um, uh, Olivia and Aubrey's posts. These are very young people. Yeah. No, these are younger yeah, that's true. people 
that I don't think are watching every single Marvel movie necessarily. They may mm-hmm. be, but you know, some of these people I'm like, oh, I mean, I, I mean, are these all Marvel stands? I don't think so. Right. I think some of those people just watch Freeform and they say, oh, new Freeform show, and you check it out, and they see that it's legit. Yeah. So I'm sure at least a good portion of their fans are not necessarily Marvel heads, but I don't know like how much. I have no idea uh, how to gauge that. Um, uh, and yeah. again, I'm not saying that. I look. I understand that Cloak and Dagger. Most of the people watching are probably Marvel fans that found out about the show. But like, you know, you will get probably those people that you know, just like the CW has people that just watch the CW that probably watch the Flash or Arrow that, but wouldn't watch Titans because right. they don't really, they don't, they don't watch DC Universe. You know, they're not subscribed right. to that. Or they're not watching Batman v Superman just to watch it because they like. They're watching Arrow because it's it's CW stuff. And so I don't I think the free form free form is a lesser version of the CW. Mm-hmm. So it probably doesn't have the same fan base and following, but the same logic is what I'm applying. Yeah. But I think that um with that being said, I still think that the Constantine uh example kind of applies to what is potentially what could potentially happen with Cloak and Dagger. I'm not saying necessarily you're gonna get a lot of views because I don't know how many people were watching Cloaking Dagger. I just mean the fanfare. I, again, it's kind of like Constantine. I don't think a lot of people were watching Constantine. I'm, pro- I'm sure it's probably a little more than people that are watching Cloaking Dagger only because Constantine was on what? Fox, right? Wasn't it on like a big channel? NBC. NBC? Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was on NBC. So 1,000% more people were probably watching Constantine. But as I think for a lot of people, it was just, oh, snap. They've taken the same actor from a Dove's show and bringing him in. And that even the just the the, the the chatter about that it brought to Legends Tomorrow was very valuable. I think that Cloak and Dagger, that chatter, because it's going to be the same sweaties that are watching Cloak and Dagger that will have that same chatter about, uh, excuse me, the same sweaties that are watching Constantine will have that same chatter about whatever they do with Cloak and Dagger. So I would hope that they would, they would Kevin would uh, find value in that. I hope that just because he's canceling these shows, he doesn't decide that, well, these characters are useless and I don't need them. Or that it's time for me to now to revamp them in a totally new and, and you know new way that's different than what they established. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'm torn on this because I I love the show and I love the actors and actresses that worked on the show, but I also tr- 100% trust Kevin Feige's vision. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we talked about this before. Like, I am totally okay with Feige being the head of all of this. And, you know, if he thinks it makes just what makes the most sense from a business perspective and and from a, a creative perspective on his part is to start over, then that's what they're going to do. I mean, I think Olivia and Aubrey, I think they have made a good case for their careers in this show. Yeah, I'm sure other people are going to be looking for them. Um, I mean, they may even have more roles in Disney. I mean, they worked with uh, Marvel and um and freeform so maybe they maybe they'll show up on something else yeah, tomorrow like that they're not gonna be out of a job <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't feel that bad for them no. well okay okay i, I wouldn't say <laughs> go, go go there i mean it's, no, it's definitely unfortunate I, like i i feel like feige i also think like it's a waste of time i think to reboot these characters and to like i i don't think they are gonna reboot them anytime soon but if you bring him back, and then you do feel like we have to reboot him, I just feel like it's a waste of time. Like, I don't want to see another Cloak and Dagger origin. I don't want to see another Cloak and Dagger 
you know, who are these characters? Like, like Daredevil. I mean, I think it's a waste of time for almost all these characters that they're going to get rid of. You know, I like, which is why I think they're talking about bringing back someone like Daredevil, bringing right. back someone like Jessica Jones, possibly Punisher. I think, like, like who wants to see, and those characters need origins or need some sort of, like, they have already established kind of universes and stuff. So, like, those characters, if you're going to recast, you have to explain. Like, Cloak and Dagger, you can kind of drop in anything. And I don't really, like, like, you can put them in anything. I don't need their origin. I don't need, you know, I need kind of who they are. But, like, Runaways. They're going to be in the Runaways. And, I like, I don't feel like, oh, man, like, it's going to be such a Cloak and Dagger-centric story. Like no, they're gonna fit into what the, whatever they're gonna do in the runaway. So, I don't know. I I just I just feel like just be a waste of time to then decide like yeah we're gonna recast uh, Cloak and Dagger, we're gonna reboot the character, and tell a whole new story with them. Like why don't you just take the characters and the actors that you already have? They didn't tell that deep of a story to begin with. Like it was good. Yeah, they were, it was slow moving. Yeah, it was mad slow moving. Like, not that much really happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not died and this person was evil for half a season and, right, like, yeah. now the character's ruined. Like, the characters are still pretty in their infancy. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you could know, probably you still even mold them. Still you probably, him. Yeah, you could probably even change some of the canon and still not really be hurt that bad. Yeah, nobody would be like, oh, man, now I don't understand the, the show. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> nobody would complain. Um,. Real quickly, Jeff Loeb is supposed to be out by. Um, he's yeah, he's supposed to be out by um, Thanksgiving, from what we heard. And apparently, there were a couple of things that really got him on the bad side when it comes to uh, Disney. One of them was the complete debacle of the New Warrior show. Which I don't know if you guys remember. There was going to be a New Warrior show. Yeah, that's supposed to be animated or live action. Yeah. So we, I think we, I feel like we've asked that question on this show a hundred times. I think at one point it was supposed to be live action and it never came through. And then at one point it was supposed to be animated. I think that. Oh yeah, it was supposed to be live action. It wasn't supposed to have like, it wasn't kind of what Agents of Shield kind of turned into. Like we talked about, like oh yeah, Agents of Shield had their new warrior thing, and that was kind of like, you know, maybe I don't know. But like do, a lesser version of what they may have planned their whole show to be. I, don't know. I do know New Warriors didn't happen, and that didn't make people happy. <laughs> um, they weren't happy with how Deadpool, apparently, this is all according to comicbookmovie.com. Uh, the Deadpool debacle, which we talked about on this show, that uh, Don Glover, you know, by putting out his Deadpool script, you know, really kind of embarrassed Marvel by displaying that it was them that kind of canned that show. And uh, what something I didn't know until this week was their uh, inhuman mess that included spending $100,000 uh, and pricey re- reshoots to try to fix Medusa's wig via special effects. <laughs> well, Which is kind of crazy because so, she, she only used her, she only had a wig for one like episode. Like one episode? We, like, like one episode, one and a half episodes or something? I imagine we have to explain to people that, unless I'm wrong, that the the wig didn't cost $100 million. $100,000. $100,000. Oh, 100,000. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, 100 million dollars, that would be completely absurd. 100,000 still sounds like a No, yeah, it's but either way. It's, it's that's why they <laughs> Disney's like, "Yo, fam, I know we printing money, but your budget is not supposed to be for a wig for one episode." 
So I just thought that there was some interesting details coming out about uh, Jeff Loeb's departure. Obviously, now that he's gone, you know, people are starting to sharpen their knives about what the issues they had with him. And apparently those were uh, two of the bigger ones was uh, New Warriors flop, the uh, Deadpool flop, and Mm -hmm. the Inhumans flop that included spending $100,000 on a wig for one episode. Which they were all bad. I can't, uh, I don't think any of us can really deny that. Yeah, those are all very bad things. I mean, I would argue that his positives have massively outweighed the negatives with regards to the job that Jeff Loeb has done. Um, But, I mean, I can't deny that those are terrible things. And Humans was a horrible, horrible show. And I don't know how much responsibility Loeb should take for that. I mean, I think he has to take a bunch. He was running the show. I mean, he wasn't running the show, but he was the president and greenlit the show. He helped develop the show. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, you know, it's I feel like I feel like I don't know. Part of me feels like Marvel's kind of maybe in this instance being too. Look, money is money. I know it's expensive, but, you know, I know they want a perfect record, but you're not going to be 10 for 10. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're going to you're going to slip up every once in a once in a blue moon. They didn't bring. Well, no, that's all I did. They. So was Buck? Did did he do Iron Fist first, or did he do? Inhumans he first? did Iron Fist first, right? Yes, he yeah. did Iron Fist first. Mm. Well, I mean, he did kind of them at the same time, right? But, but Iron Fist came out first. Iron Fist came out. Yeah, Iron Fist was our. He was, was, was uh, Iron Fist was our was. Yeah, Iron Fist was our notion to think to be worried about Inhumans. We were like, oh no, and then we saw Inhumans. We were like, yeah, yeah Buck, like Buck shouldn't be near Fist. any any yeah. superhero yeah. creative and then after project. That, yeah, and, yeah, and then after that, they were just like, yeah, no, we're done. Um, that was like probably the worst stretch of a creator's uh, career in terms of like you had two like major, major, ne- one major Netflix release and one major ABC release from the same company, Disney, Marvel, yeah. and they were both awful. High like, pro, that was a high profile failures. High profile failures, man. Like, I feel bad for Scott Buck. Like, has he found work? Like I'm sure we he has. talking about cloak and yeah, dagger finding work. They'll be fine. I, Scott Buck, I am a little worried about him. Marvel, I mean, excuse me. Hollywood seems to be almost like the NBA and the NFL, where like you could be a fired GM, but like you'll get a job as an assistant GM job, somewhere. Right? You'll yeah. be a scout somewhere. You could be a terrible head coach. You'll you'll coach again. Like it just seems to be Hollywood seems one of the places that you could screw up a lot, and they'll still you'll still find work. Someone will find you talented, or you'll pitch the right script, and you'll be back out there. So I'm sure, and shout out to Scott Buck. Hopefully he's doing well. Hopefully he's not doing any superhero content, but whatever other content he's doing, it I hope seems he's doing as if, Sadly enough, those are the last two things Scott Buck has done. I mean, if <laughs> I, I mean if it's you 2017, look, man. if you're looking at the tape of what you <laughs> what he's done, and you want to see what he's done, and you watch those two shows, I mean, but I would Dexter, I, I wouldn't Dexter's be breaking down show. his door. Dexter, I used to well on Dexter, and but like Dexter's Dexter. last season, apparently the last two seasons of Dexter are just absurd. I've never watched Dexter, but I know people who watch Dexter, and I, I think almost unanimously, they've all said the last season just doesn't make any sense, and then the season before that was terrible. So he just he just might be in a bad slump. You know, sometimes you got a hitter who's you know he's hitting home runs and stuff, but sometimes he goes you know a month or two awesome. wait he's hitting you know two hundred, and he just he just might need to he might not have that creative spark that he needs right now, but right now it ain't, it ain't happening for him right now. Moving over to movies now, it's been an ongoing saga regarding 
uh, the the fight that's going on, I guess, for lack of a better term, between Martin Scorsese and his views about Marvel. Um, he's continued to make more comments about his uh, his disagreement or his displeasure with the impact that Marvel movies have had in Hollywood. Uh, this week, he got a tag team partner, um, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, came out and also joined in the fight and came out even more vociferously against Marvel. He described the movies as, quote, um, despicable in his commentary saying that uh that that uh that these movies are are doing more harm than good i suppose and that led to bob Iger himself to actually weigh in on these comments coming from scorsese and francis Ford Coppola. and he did not uh he did not back down he did not um hedge his bets in any way he said uh he said when francis used the words quote those films are despicable to whom is he talking is he talking to kevin feige Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Ryan Coogler. He listed a bunch of people saying that he thought that that uh, phrase, phrasing was outrageous. He then continues, like, frankly, the motion picture distribution business or the theatrical exhibition business worldwide has relatively thin margins. With, those, with When those theaters run movies, not just like not just like ours, because those there are other blockbusters out there too, they do exceedingly well for them, and they make a lot of money on them. That actually gives them the ability to run other films that might not be as successful, but there are people with different spaces uh, who want to, that want to see them. He said, it doesn't bother me except I'm bothered on behalf of the people who work on those movies. It seems so disrespectful to all those people that work on those films who are working just as hard as the people who work on their films and are putting their creative souls on the line just like they are. You tell me Ryan Coogler making Black Panther is doing something that is somehow other than other or less than Martin Marty Scorsese or Francis Ford Coppola have ever done or any one of their movies. Come on, there I said it. Um, he was he he didn't hold back. He basically he, he would go on and say they want to you know blank about movies. That's their right. Uh, I saw a lot of people. That might be the single most passive-aggressive thing we've ever line that we've ever said on this uh on this podcast if, from like, if from like, a, from like about, about movies it's there right <laughs> yeah, i mean yeah that that, that is kind of like it, it, it's like it's like he's insulting them by saying but he's saying he's not insulting them he's like it's your right to be a like you know it's kind of crazy Tom. yeah yeah uh I, so, I want to get your take on this guy. I saw a lot of people, and I kind of went after some of these people on social media. Of course, they had no smoke for me. Um, but some people were trying to say that he was using Black Panther as a shield in those comments. Did anyone else feel that way? I mean, I didn't. That's not what I. That's not how I interpreted it. In what way? Can you explain? People said that you know. I think these people didn't see his full quotes, which is why I read his full quotes. But a lot, the the big commentary, and I've seen a lot of headlines, and I, I got to blame the media as part of this. A lot of the media kept harping on saying Iger saying Black Panther is good as anything Scorsese and Coppola has done, and that is going to be obviously very controversial. And they're jumping on that, and people are saying, and then people are using the quote, you know, of him saying, you know, look at what Coogler did with Black Panther, and you're saying that that's any less than what Scorsese has done or what what's name done. People are saying, oh, look at him running to the black property to talk about, are you really going to go against Black Panther? Like, that's that's the phrase. And, you know, I, 
I I had to make be honest. I vehemently and strongly disagree with these people, but that's what they were saying. So maybe yeah. I'm not representing them well. But their case is, yeah, you're, 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 you're running you're so running towards the black, your only black property to make your case against criticism about your movie money, movie making, a movie that apparently your company put a lot of you know barriers for in terms of like when it was coming out, the freedom Kugler had. Um, these are the cases that they are making. That not only is it hypocritical because of Disney's own apprehension to Black Panther, but also the idea that he is running towards, he's running to, basically, like, the idea that he's not insinuating that they're racist, but, like, that he knows that saying anything bad about Black Panther for anyone is troublesome. And that he's using that on purpose. I don't see it that way at all. I think I think you'd be reaching reaching to come to that conclusion. I feel like if you if you did not if you only saw those quotes, I could maybe see how yeah, you could see you that way. Headline, yeah. But I would still argue. To me, I, it, we're in a kind of crazy world because everyone like wants to be like, oh, if you speak out on racism, you're racist, or if you don't speak out on racism, you're racist. Like everyone like is trying to like kind of hold their ground on this, on the on the race line, so to speak. And I felt a lot of people with agendas were running and who don't who feel a certain way about Black Panther were ready to jump on Iger for this when to me, wouldn't it make perfect sense for a guy who is the president of a company when he's trying to put up what the the quality work that his company has done against Scorsese and Coppola, wouldn't it make sense that he would highlight the only Oscar nominated best for best Oscar nominated best film movie up, yeah, exactly. Like, wouldn't that make That's sense? Fair. Like to me, like to me, uh, to me, it spoke a little bit to other people's prejudices that they ran towards. This is a race argument he's making, right? I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I agree. In that sense, like, I agree that because that's the point I was making. Is that, that, that I mean, that's not something that came to my mind. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that was a discussion. I do see. You know the points that people are making. Um, I don't think Bob Iger is saying that he is some some, you know, civil rights activist or anything. Not at you all. Yeah, I think that's what people are kind of <laughs> like trying to say. Like, oh, you think you're some champion, man? But you know, some people are saying, "Look what you guys did to Finn." You know, look what Diddy did to Finn. And you know, <laughs> you guys don't want to comment on the, the the China Hong Kong situation. And like, I don't think again, I don't think Bob Iger is is pretending to be. You know, like I said, a civil rights chance. I also don't think that any that I maybe I'm giving him a lot of credit. I know maybe I'm the Disney show, but I don't think that comment had anything to do with anything being black. EJ, you getting you getting checks from Disney? (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm getting checks from the mouse. That's why I'm I'm so defensive of them right now. But like, I didn't anticipate. I didn't take that. I will say though, it is weird. I, I do get your point about you know it is probably it is. The most successful in terms of like award season movies that they've had, but it is a I want to say it is a little weird that like unusual or I don't even say unusual. It's a little interesting that you point to that as opposed to you know what the Russos have done with um, the Avengers and that being but, like. But I mean, to- it's very easy to then because that that those are obviously the that's obviously the movie that they're talking about. But I think I think the reason why he wouldn't go to Avengers is because Avengers. But I think that's his point. Like 
Scorsese, like the Avengers Endgame movies are an Endgame Infinity War, well, an Infinity Saga movies, or whatever you want to call the last two movies. Those are great movies by any stretch or any person's calculations besides these two knuckleheads. But though, if you're talk, if you're going towards Scorsese's point of them being quote unquote amusement parks, like that is a like the clear example where it's like a million right, right. heroes, a million characters, a lot of you know action. Like those are the huge, huge, huge event movies. So if you're going towards the amusement park theme, like those are movies you're going to. What Iger was trying to say, I believe, was we do movies like this, Black Panther. How can you say this type of movie that spoke to a lot of people, that spoke on a lot of very, very important topics is somehow not anything that you've done? Like how how could you say because it's a superhero movie that it is somehow lesser than what you've done when it's, it's spoken just, it, again, on I, I, the I, I, same type of themes and the, some of the same uh, important tropes that you've covered? That was his point. So that's why to me that I, it, it, it wouldn't make sense for him to talk about Avengers: Infinity War and Avengers: Endgame. But those movies, but are those movies, are those movies lesser than what those guys do? No, I don't think I don't think so either. But I think his point was that I think his point was I think he was trying to illuminate that they have a film in their discography or filmography that is 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 critically looked at in the high on those levels level that Scorsese and Capello movies are because that's the award season billing it got that's the critical acclaim it got so. That was why he pointed to it, and that, to me, it made the most sense. Like I don't know, like it would have made less sense like, to me. Like if you would have pointed to any other movie to make his point about why Marvel movies stack up to Scorsese movies, and this is not an argument about whether or not they do or not. That's not an argument I'm having for the listeners at home who may disagree that a Black Panther does live up to that. But from his standpoint, forget about it being black and him shielding people, shielding himself from criticism. Because they did a black movie, it would make the most sense to put the movie that has the most critical acclaim up there with the Scorsese movies that also have the high critical acclaim, the Oscar nomination, the Oscar wins that he's put together, the Oscar wins that Capella has put together. That would make the most sense. Honestly, uh, to me, I think that I think to make this about suddenly about race or, or social justice or social injustice is a huge stretch um, because, I don't know, I just I think it's a huge stretch. I mean, Black Panther is an amazing movie. Disregarding that, Black Panther is an amazing movie. So why is it a bad thing that he's bringing up Black Panther? So I, I think I think it's... I think I think these are people that are looking to pick a fight with Bob Iger. For some of reason. course. You know? And <laughs> to me, honestly, what I've seen, I think that people... Have been waiting to. People have been. People have had this smoke for Black Panther for a long time. Like I've seen it That's on social it media. Like. I've seen it. Like there are a lot of people who think that movie is overrated. But I don't think that this is. And I but, and for what, and I think, and I'll be honest. I think part of it is they are uncomfortable with what the story Black Panther told. Some of these people, not all of them. Some of them, just, there are black people who did who thought it was overrated. I've seen it on social media. Um. But then there are other folks who I think they're uncomfortable with some of the things that were spoken, or or the story, or 
the the stories and the things that were told didn't speak to them because of their experience, which happens. Um, but there are I, those I, folks who think it's overrated. So when they hear Iger running to their black movie, the black movie, so to speak, they think that from their standpoint, oh, this is him protecting himself from, you know, the idea that well, how could Scorsese say anything bad? Like if he says anything bad about Black Panther, he really opens himself up to a lot of heat, a lot of smoke. That's that's why they're saying he's shielding himself and shielding Disney and Marvel from them. I mean, to me, I don't, I don't think Scorsese cares, honestly. I think he would speak bad about Black Panther if he had to. He's been speaking bad about Marvel this whole time. So I don't know. Like, to me, that would be a stupid... That would be, to me, would be a stupid strategy. I don't think it would work. It wouldn't stop Scorsese. It hasn't. He's still talking. He told, he's said something today, I think. So, like, the idea that he somehow he's going to shield Marvel from, Marvel from Scorsese smoke... Is laughable, first of all, because Scorsese has accomplished so much. He clearly feels that like he can say whatever the hell he wants because he's just shooting from the hip. Hmm. What are you gonna say, Kendall? Yeah, no, I mean, and you know, again, a lot of it is part of what you're saying. That I think a lot of this is just you know they had a lot. There's a lot of. I just don't think people buy what Bob Iger is selling. You know, in general, like you said, some people didn't buy. What he was selling in Black Panther. Some people haven't bought what he was selling. I mean, look again. People, people. Some people run into you know again the the Finn Star Wars stuff. You know how he was misportrayed in the marketing of the movie, and when you know he wasn't included in the marketing uh, out in China. You know a lot of controversies beyond beyond behind that, and like. Again, people then want to say, "Well, you you don't you want to you want to shy away from that stuff, or you want to, you know, do nonsense." But then you want to bring in Black Panther into the conversation. It just when nobody's when nobody asks about it. You but know? it doesn't and, make sense when you're talking about the quality of Marvel films. And him being the owner of Marvel films, he has to defend themselves. It doesn't make sense for him not to put their highest acclaimed movie. It just doesn't make sense. I don't care what. The other ramifications are for you bringing up Black Panther. It wouldn't make sense if he went in there and named three other movies and didn't name Black Panther. It would look weird. It would look ridiculous. It wouldn't look ridiculous if he said the Russos and Avengers Endgame. But why? Like, but to me, that's re- that, that like, wouldn't look me, ridiculous. No, but to me, that to me that because notion that, that is, movie made more money than any other movie out there. But that's not. But that's the point. He, it doesn't make sense to bring up that movie because that movie points to what I, whatever the hell Scorsese is trying to say. Like it doesn't I make, see that like point. you ran like I'm you, you first that, went, like, you, but you first just ran to money making. That's Scorsese's point. Is that I think and it, he's not articulating himself in a good in a in a in a clear way in any under any circumstances. But I think the point overall he's trying to make is that there are these movies that just go out there and make a lot of money and they do things that they know will just bring people out. And he's upset about that. So if you point to the highest grossing movie of all time, they're only making Scorsese's point. He's saying that, that those kind of movies are trash. So right. if you're from Iger's point, you're trying to say we do not do trash. We do highly emotional art. What other movie are you picking? Like how like I like to me it would be it would be ridiculous to me if he picked any other movie. It would look weird. It would look like he's trying to avoid talking about Black Panther. And the idea that I mean, he, oh the like, idea that he shouldn't talk about Black Panther because it's black like that's worse. 
<laughs> you know, like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like this thing is like this thing My is thing so is, we think it's so backwards nowadays because mm-hmm. everybody's so afraid. Whether you, you speak on black content, you're 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 too bro black. If you don't speak on black content, you're anti black. Like he, you can't win either way. See, my my thing is, I like if he says if, if I'm the Russos and they he goes to Ryan Coogler or he mentions Ryan Coogler and what he did with Black Panther. I'm not like look, he can do whatever he wants. Ryan Coogler is a great director. Black Panther was a great movie, arguably a better movie than they've made. But like it is it, it is it is strange that he would because then again, you have to think from a logical perspective from like a like a a media perspective media trained perspective, why would he then go to Black Panther? I agree. But I keep the, telling I, you I why. I keep, you keep asking Kendall, you keep asking the same question. I'm right, telling right, you right, why. Right, but, I agree that the logical reason is, well, yes, you know, it is the, you know, highest, highest uh, claimed movie from a critic's perspective. But the cynical aspect, which a lot of people are running to, is that it's a movie that you can't really bash. If you're why people are still bashing it. Well, if you do bash it, then you look, for lack of a better term, racist. But Kendall, that's not his. That that has nothing to do with Iger. What does that have to do with him? Well, the point is, the cynical <laughs> people are going to say, well, Bob Iger is only running to Black Panther because, you know, he knows that Scorsese can't clap back. But that's an idiotic... I'm not saying does. that's your take, Kendall, but it's an idiotic take that because, so thing, because, I, because I'm going to hurt that other guy's argument, I should go with a lesser argument to make my point. That makes no sense. Well, it's not a lesser argument. It's it is! Argument. No, Kendall, if you're talking about... I'm comparing movies I make compared to movies that Scorsese or Capella makes. Why would I not pick the one that was nominated for an Oscar for Best Movie? That doesn't make any sense. It, I mean, it, it, it logically does not... But, Kendall, there are other movies that weren't even nominated. Well, but... <laughs> like, they have the... My thing is, like, he like, has a movie that it is been more popular amongst the the masses and the fans than any other movie in movie cinema history. Yeah, but kind of. I think EJ's point is that that the the artist they're attacking the artistry of the exactly. Marvel. You can't go by the fans and, and yeah and in, yeah the fans. I mean the fans and the money kind of is meaningless in regards to what Scorsese and Coppola are arguing. Exactly, they're arguing the artistry of the craft. And I think when you're talking about the craft, I mean Black Panther is the most artistic of all the Marvel movies and the most critically acclaimed. And I think, um, you know, is the most, I think, indisputable in terms of just the, the quality of the movie itself outside of any kind of superhero action, big budget, any of that. So that's, I think that's, that lends credit to Iger bringing Black Panther into the discussion. And doesn't, it, 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 and it, you can't just say, I can't talk about it because it's black. It's going to make people, people uncomfortable. People are going to say, talking oh, I'm about going it. a black person. That doesn't, like, that doesn't, that just means that doesn't compute. Like that, that to me is like, we're going to help out the people who are afraid of looking racist, even though it would be ridiculous to say someone's racist because you don't like Black Panther. Like, well, I guess my thing is that you, you hurt your own, like if I'm Bob Iger, like if, again, 
I feel like you hurt your own argument if you go to Black Panther because then you're going to give those people the fuel to then say that you're bringing in Black Panther because you want to make Scorsese. To hell with those people. Well, that's that's like a racist so, take. Right, but Kendall, that's like that's like a those I, are people we don't care about. Yeah, let's are, keep it one hundred. Those people are warped. If, if well, those anyone even, that starts thinking like that, even, if it's the people who are just running to you're playing the race card because you bring up one of the greatest yeah that's a superhero movies of all time, one of the most impactful movies of our generation. Those people we have no interest in having a conversation yeah, but, with. Yeah, that's but my like, thing is look, yeah. and I shouldn't have a conversation with them either. Have brought up some interesting points. I'm not saying that I think Bob Iger is necessarily. I mean, I don't know Bob Iger. You know, we're not best friends, but like, is it like Disney isn't their their track record isn't 100. percent No one. But that's the thing, Kendall. Is that like that's what I don't understand? Is that people are running to Disney's track record on social justice or black issues when? The argument that was being made was about artistry and film. So to point to artistry and film, he pointed to the movie that other people he he didn't say Black Panther was his favorite movie. He's talking about what the the artists, so to speak, think are the greatest movie from what Marvel has done. And he pointed to that. To say that now he's he's he could have had some other agenda when, as I said before, which is why I, I, I was so annoyed by this story. Was because when you watch the whole video or read his whole quotes like I just did, he mentioned Robert Downey Jr. He mentioned Scarlett Johansson. He mentioned Kevin Feige. He mentioned all these. And he mentioned Taika Waititi as well in one of those quotes that I didn't read. Like, he mentioned all these other people. It was just that quote that when he compared a movie in terms of putting it up against the Capella and Sochese movies, it was there. That that's grabbed the headline, headlines, but it wasn't like he just was like, oh, but what about Black Panther? Like, if that was it, I would still say, okay, well, I, I think the argument I'm making still holds. But I would still say, okay, at least I understand. Yes, it is odd you wouldn't say anything else. But he mentioned, like, their whole roster. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, yeah, and, like, like what EJ was saying, it would behoove him to just not even, to actively avoid Black Panther because he's afraid of any kind of racial anything. Like, that's ridiculous. I would, it's like, I mean, like I that doesn't make any sense. It's just, again, you just you. I mean, you, the, people the, that idea, the idea that up, as the CEO of Disney, you have to understand that you're, you're opening yourself up to looking like that. When then you then, I mean, I don't about they ask you about Hong Kong and you don't want to answer the question. But Kendall, that's that, but it's just so that's your problem is when you think the way you're thinking, Kendall is 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 so disingenuous. Because it's what we've seen happen with these athletes in the NBA. It's what has happened with with this. This is not a conversation. Like Scorsese didn't say, "Yo, man, Disney's track record on black issues and social justice issues is lame." And then he brought up Black Panther. Then the conversation you're bringing up is a completely valid. You can say, "Okay, you did Black Panther, but you didn't want to green light Black Panther. You didn't want to green light uh, Captain Captain Marvel." You had put all these restrictions on Cougar before they actually did the movie. You had issues you had with um with uh with with Homeboy in uh in Star Wars. Like that would make more sense. But he's talking about the artistry of film. You can't go and say, "Oh, but what about Hong Kong?" That's ridiculous. That's complete. That, that to me, those people having that's what was my initial problem. Those people have an agenda. They have smoke with Black Panther, or they have smoke with Disney. 
and they have an agenda to point to them not being whatever they think that they're supposed to be. I but that's not what Iger's point is trying to make. Iger's trying to say Bob Iger and his. But that's not his. That's not where his, his head's at. That's not. That's, at. that's not his job, though. His job is not to be at and to I'm not, I'm appeal not, to I'm people who necessarily. Again, I understand from a logical perspective, but yeah, why he would bring a why he would bring a Black Panther, but and again, we're all logical, so I guess it makes sense. But but sometimes Kendall people people can act illogical. But he could have avoided. I don't know. I, I don't see like like I don't know. I think I feel like I mean, it, best case scenario. If I were if I were to correct him, I would say I, I would say he probably should have included another movie and another director. In the but same he sense. included Tiger White. But sound earlier good. in the quote, he included Feige, his movie producer, and he included Tiger Waititi. Like I don't, I'm saying, if I just it's feel like full, I, if the full quote comes out, because then you can't. No, they're they're already pulling quotes, quote. Kendall. They're, they're, they, I'm saying like if it's not the full entire article, but I'm saying like if the full sentence was all right, you know, does that make the Russo brothers and, and Ryan Coogler any less for what they did with Black Panther and Avengers, or does it make Scott Derrickson and what you call that's ridiculous? No, I'm not. I refuse to accept that. Scott Derrickson and and uh, and um. And Doctor Strange is not on the level of Black Panther. That's why this is ridiculous. That's why this is ridiculous. Because Iger is trying to make a point about the artistry and the level of filmmaking that they do at Marvel. So he picked the the guy, the director who did the best job and the best. Wait, Kendall, wait, wait, no, no, Kendall, let me finish. No, Kendall, stop. Let me finish. He picked the the artistry, the movie that had the most artistry, and the director who did the best job with that movie. Why would you then throw in Todd Derrickson? Kind of. I don't want to say it's lazy, but it's just like. We had this discussion, what, last week or two weeks ago, that, like, we all felt that these movies, I mean, I understood, I understood to an extent what Scorsese was trying to say, but that these movies were better than he was giving them credit for. Like, you don't have to just point to one movie. Like, Marvel, uh, they've made, I mean, oh, they they have almost but a perfect Kendall, he did, though. You know, I'm not saying bring up the Incredible Hulk. No, but, but Ken- there are a lot of movies that they could bring up. I'm like, but Kendall is but Kendall Winter Soldier. Okay, but, but Kendall, he had he did bring up yeah other actors and other. He brought up one other director. He brought up Taika Waititi and he brought up Kevin Feige, who who's produced all their movies. Like I just think that like I'm sometimes about the sentence, but Kendall, but but like it, it's again. I think it's so it's disingenuous to think about someone having a conversation and you're, and you're just talking. And he's talked about other people. And the idea that when he wants to highlight something, he should highlight like five different things to appeal to trolls. Yeah. Uh, like, that, it's just yeah, it's, that's, it's insane. And that's, that's the thing to me is that. Train, man. Got the CEO of Disney. No, but, but why are we appealing to people yeah, but, who have agendas and who are, like, wh- we should not be. Are their agendas necessarily off? Like, yes, this agenda yes. is off. Yeah, it is an agenda right. to say that because you brought um, up Black Panther as a movie that that, yeah. that, that stands up to Scorsese movies because of its accomplishments and say that, oh, well, now you're just trying to play the race card. Yes, that is a flawed thinking, and we should not appeal to those people under any circumstances. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's kind of what I wanted to stress the most is that Iger doesn't care about I think that's where maybe there's a, there's a divide here, Kendall. Iger doesn't care about those people. I don't care about those people. 
EJ doesn't care about those people. Maybe you can try to make the argument that he should care about their money, which I think is a very shallow argument. And I'm glad Iger doesn't feel that way, <laughs> quite frankly. Of course. You know, so, so like, he doesn't care about those people. He's like, yeah, you know, those people try to say, oh, something, something, race, something, something. And, you know, maybe someone at Disney was like, sir, if you mention the money, which I hope he would fire that person. But he's like, sir, if you mention the Black Panther, it's going to get people talking about race and social this and that. He'd be like, yeah, he probably, I hope, I hope he was like, get out to that person because who cares, you know? Like, so, yeah, Ken, like, he doesn't care about those people. And, you know, we don't care about those people. Exactly. For the most part. You know, yeah, I, you I know, the media is making a big brouhaha, whatever, that, but. Like, those people have the mindset that, look, there's a chance Bob Iger, his head and his heart aren't in the right place. And, again, I guess my point was that I don't know Bob Iger. So I don't know where, I know what the comment is. And, but I don't know if I, I, I assume that we're going to interpret it that he's saying that those, and that's what he means. But well, why would we not? Why would we assume anything but the else? Cynic is going to because uh, he's a smart guy, and he does. So you're gonna assume something? No, the keyword can assume. Put, I didn't say. I didn't say put, presume. I said assume. Why would we assume? He's. We know the conversation they're having. So why would I he assume? Put easy in a box. <laughs> you know, wait. like that. That and it's a good strategy. He's smart. And my thing is that those people are saying that's the only reason he brought a black man. But that's insane. That's ridiculous. It sounds. It it, sounds, it, it Kendall, you that know that's Kendall, you know that's insane. Even if that's true, I, if that was true, I would say Iger got me, and that's crazy. But like that's insane that you would only bring up Black Panther because there are black people in it. There's no way when that's the, no way when that's the the highest acclaimed movie that they have. That would be cra- that would be like I don't know who did Twelve Years a Slave. But somehow that movie company had an issue, and they brought up well, look, Twelve Years a Slave won a, won an Oscar. You like, oh, you brought it because it was black. <laughs> like it, it won a freaking Oscar. Like what are you supposed to do? Like that. Like that's like that's why I point, and I, that's why I, I I think this. I mean, this conversation is good, but I think these trolls are dangerous because yeah. they're able and to. I don't want to legitimize them. Right, exactly, it's and they're able to shape the argument to like, oh, if you bring up anything black, you're trying to yeah, be, it's trying dangerous to, try to, to put me to in the legi- box of being racist, and that's not the even point like that come close to, to make. It's dangerous to even come close to legitimizing their way of thinking, because I don't want us to do that. I don't want us to legitimize, oh, he's bringing up race, he's trying to play some kind of race, he's not trying to play any kind of race, anything. Black Panther is a fantastic movie, and he's pointing to their f- incredible, fantastic movie, you know, to... To show and, and that when, his movies are good, and when we say we don't care about that thinking, I'm not saying I don't care about people who did not think Black Panther was that good. I'm right. talking about the people who are saying that you only are bringing up Black Panther and it's because to play a race of his black people and it's a race <laughs> card. That I have no interest in having a conversation. If someone wanted to have a conversation with me, but hey, I don't think Black Panther was that great. We could talk about it. I have no issue with those people at all. But. It's, when you bring up the cynic, I think to me I substitute that word for just troll. Yeah, you or have to like, be a troll to think that. It sounds almost like Alex Jones or something. Right, like you have to be a yeah. troll to bring up. I'm bringing up Black right, Panther so only because it's black. When it's your best movie, like that would be that would be ridiculous. And if that's what Iyer was doing, then that would be ridiculous. But I don't think that is fair that we had so many people jumping out of the window to be like, see, this is him pointing the Black Panther because he can't take the heat of this of this criticism. When Black Panther was a recent movie, it's the most highest claimed movie, clearly, and it's a movie that 
critics and the people that like Scorsese and Capella movies hold in the highest regard. The idea that you wouldn't bring it up and that, oh, I should bring up a, a lesser movie. Not lesser movie in terms of what we think as fans, but a lesser movie in terms of the artistry. I should bring up a lesser movie so that those trolls have their feelings, don't their feelings feel a little better, and they don't feel as, as, as triggered by the fact that I brought up Black Panther. That's in, that's just ridiculous. And I don't, and I agree with Sham. I don't I think, think, think that thinking I think should we're be about different legitimate. People, but, I don't think so at all. But what I will yeah, say I is that so I think that for me, again, I just go back to I, I think the, the the way I would have processed it is that what Scorsese and and these guys are talking about are the 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 Avengers movies largely, and and they're talking about Black Panther. I can't. Well, I can no. No, I'm not going to give them that credit for an Oscar. No, I'm nominated for an Academy Award. But but, Ken, but Kendall, we can't just movies, say they're talking Avenger movies because they keep saying Marvel. I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're only. I'm going to take them at their word. You're saying Marvel movies. You say they come out well, every. Of course, yeah. He's saying but they come out every year. Exactly. Avengers does come out every year. The face of Marvel movies are the Avengers movies, and you have your last movie besides Spider-Man, which is also Sony. But you had your last huge movie was Avengers Endgame. And it made more money than than any other movie, and you also had Infinity War not long before that. I, I mean, it just seems like he's avoiding that conversation. Which, but he's. I'm telling you why he's avoiding it, and I don't think you're understanding. But my thing is, <laughs> oh yeah, like, but to me, it's why, very it's why, very why obvious why he would avoid that debate perspective. I keep telling you why. Does he feel like he can't win that that argument, or does it like? Kendall, I keep you, you keep first of all you keep making the point. You keep saying they're talking about Avenger movies. So why are you going to point to an Avenger movie when you're talking? But he's saying Marvel doesn't make good movies. But my point is that defend the movies that they're specifically going after. But hey, time, not a, time out, time he out. He's only, he's, first of all, Scorsese's only said he's seen like two of these joints. So I don't know if he's seen Black Panther or not. I don't know if he's seen. Which is why he's an idiot I for even bringing this stuff up. First of all, that's that's why it's idiotic for him to continue to keep talking about movies he's never seen. Right? But, yes. It's re- yes. But Kendall, but but that's why I gotta take a time out here because you can't say we know he's talking about Avenger movies, so therefore defend Avenger movies. He keeps saying Marvel, like that's not like no. He's a grown man. He it's not his fault. It's his fault that he's not being clear about what movie he's talking about. It's his fault he only saw two movies. So when you say Marvel movies. I'm going to bring up my best Marvel movie. And not, again, I'm not saying this is Iger's favorite movie, but he's going to bring up the movie that the artistry, that the people that like Scorsese movies are going to bring up. And you keep saying it doesn't make sense to not bring up Avengers. I keep telling you why. Because the Avenger movies play to the amusement park, popcorn type of atmosphere that he says is killing theater. So why would you point to those movies and say, because Scorsese's point is that that's all Marvel does. That's his point. His point is not, oh, you gotta do some good movies, but Avengers is really bad. No, he's saying that Marvel as an entirety is killing Hollywood. So if you're gonna talk about the movies that Scorsese has an issue with, you're not gonna point to the the number one one that says, oh, well, this movie actually is great. That's not the argument he's trying to make. He's gonna point to a movie and say, oh, well, if you didn't like Avengers Endgame, how can you not? How can you talk about Marvel and say, oh, this is all we do when we did Black Panther? That's just a logical argument. Like, the idea that he should be illogical 
for the sake of trolls or Scorsese's own ignorance right. is ludicrous to me. It just I, I I and I don't now I know we're having a conversation and it, but I'm not but to me I just don't it doesn't compute that that doesn't make any sense that I'm gonna make the less logical argument so that everyone can have a better argument against me. How does that it's make any sense? It's not necessarily about making a better argument. It's just one you're avoiding the the real debate, which is the 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 legitimacy of the movies that are breaking records. Avenger, no, wait, time out. Black Panther broke records. Yeah, I don't I'm think I'm not he's saying Black Panther didn't break, break records, but like the movies that people are are primarily discussing are it, it, in in the recent uh, news is a movie like Avengers Endgame, and you're you're avoiding that by going to a movie that came out a couple years ago or a year. Black ago. Panther came out and, last year. Black, Black Panther came out last year. Yeah, it came out in February last year. You know, it's we're almost we're almost two years two years out of that movie, and but they've only done Infinity War and Endgame and Ant Man and Wasp since then. And Spider Man, Spider Man's on a Marvel movie. So, like, my but, thing is like, it just feels like why why like why not have the discussion about? But I keep telling you why, and maybe we just clearly we just disagree. But I keep telling you why he wouldn't do that. It just, I keep, like, it's, yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah EJ, EJ, EJ is So if Endgame is Endgame a lesser movie than a normal classic? That's not the point he's trying to make. His, the point he's trying, the point to make, he's trying to make. That, no, that's not what that's he said. That's not what Scorsese Kenno, is saying. That's why you're, EJ's you're point wrong about is that's this. not what he said. <laughs> Scorsese said Marvel movies I mean, that come out every year that, are killing Hollywood. Avengers comes out. Besides the last two, they come out every three or four yeah, years. Yeah, we're giving Scorsese all this rope yes, about I'm what he meant. I'm not giving him any rope. We don't know what he He's meant. a grown man. Let's <laughs> take him at his word. He said Marvel movies said are Marvel. killing Hollywood. So if that's what we're doing, yes, I'm going to put every Marvel movie that's that's been made and put that into the conversation. He's, I'm not going to say, oh, I'm going to handicap myself to Avengers because I think but that's what he's saying. But at the same time, that's why I say that that's lazy because we're pointing at one movie, Black Panther, which is a great movie. Out of what twenty five Marvel movies, however many there have been, is that the I mean, only Kendall, movie I mean, that we're going to use to defend I, Marvel? Robert Downey's been in Are five. We just say, well, I mean, well, look, we did Black Panther, so we're we're chilling. Kendall, I that's, mean, but that's disingenuous. That's disingenuous. Kendall, that's, that Kendall, that's disingenuous because, as I said before, in his whole quote, Robert Downey's been in seven movies. He brought up Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he brought up Scarlett uh, Johansson's Scarlett been in Johansson. five or six movies. He brought up Scarlett brought Johansson. Up Kevin Feige has produced every movie Marvel has done. Taika Waititi uh, uh, directed a Thor movie. He brought up other people. It's just this this one quote this that people are hanging on. The quote. And that that's and all, first now of all, all of a sudden this is fine, big outrage. But the, but but even when you take that quote and you don't take in consideration everything else that was said, that's where the disingenuous aspect of this comes exactly. in. Yeah, that's the point. And that's why I don't understand the argument why you wouldn't bring up anything yeah. else. It's like, well, yes, he solo. Well, he brought up a lot of other things. He brought up a lot of other things, but then when he wanted to go 1v1, so to speak, with Scorsese and Capella, yes, he brought up the number one movie they did in terms Black of Panther. critical acclaim. That's, Which you can argue is their best movie. And it doesn't make I sense. I really honestly think you can seriously argue that Black Panther is still the best Marvel movie. And it doesn't make sense uh, I mean, when yeah, he's I saying that all Marvel I mean, does is amusement park movies money. to bring up an amusement park movie. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. But that's, that's but, my point, EJ. That's no, wait. Point. But it doesn't make sense. You just called Endgame an amusement park movie. Why? 
Like, I'm talking about from. I'm talking about from the like. In- like my thing is that Endgame is not in an amusement park movie. Of course not. Or Infinity War is not an amusement park movie. Those guys are are disrespecting those movies by calling them amusement park movies, and all you're doing is feeding that theory by ignoring them and saying, "Well, well, we got Black Panther." It's like, why not point at Endgame? It makes the Russo brothers look like weaker directors because they made the movie that made the most money. But you want to go to Black Panther, which again is a great movie. But you don't want to defend. You don't want to defend us, and say, "Look, our movie put us against their movies, which made more money, way more money than those movies did." That's my thing. But money, you, money is not the point Scorsese is trying to make. In fact, that's the point that Scorsese has a problem with. And again, you you can't. Like I said before, I, I just we we just don't see eye to eye. That's cool. But you're not going to put the quote-unquote popcorn movie when Corsair is saying that's all you do. That's the, I think that's I think the crux that you're not getting from me is Scorsese is saying Avengers Endgame is all they do. And what's the name's point? Uh, Iger's point was to say, no, we also do this. Right. His point wasn't to argue the value of Endgame. That wasn't what he was trying to say because that's not what Scorsese is saying. Like, you're making an right. argument... That Scorsese is not making, which is why I can't stand these trolls, because they're doing the same thing. They're 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 putting they're projecting their own issues about with Disney onto these Scorsese comments that is not the Thomas he's saying. As I said before, he's a smart man, he's a grown man. We should take his words for what they are. He's saying that Marvel movies are an issue. And he's saying that the problem is there are these amusement park, theme park, big action, popcorn movies, and that that's bad for that's bad for Hollywood as a whole. So you're not going to point to those the movies that him he would consider or other people would consider is that kind of movie. You would say, well, no, if you're saying that that's all Marvel is bringing to the table, that's not true. Because look at what we did with Black Panther. Like to say, oh, no, don't do the movies that you actually that actually make your point that Scorsese is wrong. That doesn't make any sense. Like that's not the art. Like we of course, Iger thinks that Endgame is great. We, we know that that's that's that goes without saying. The point that I that the Scorsese was trying to make was that Marvel only does movies like Endgame, and that's not true. That's obviously not true. And he pointed to a different movie. That's what would, and he pointed to the best movie that he could point to that that illustrates that point. And that's I don't know that to me that's clear as day and obvious. I don't know why this and and I, and I I can't stand this in terms of our just our lexicons of culture that we're cultivating to these trolls. Who have these agendas mm-hmm. for the just for the pure sake of making them feel yeah. better, which they won't ever. Because can, guess what? Tomorrow they're gonna come up with something else they're upset about. And Ken, I know you say you think we're talking about different people, but I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Are we? You know, I mean, these are the, the people that are making th- that argument that he's pointing to race because he wants to play the race card. Those are people that Iger doesn't care about. Those are the people that are making that argument. Those are the only people <laughs> that are making that See, argument. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm saying when I, I don't know if we're talking about the same people in the sense that like there there are people out there that like obviously have an agenda that is evil. I don't think these people have any sort of evil agenda. You know, I think these people have at least the people I'm talking about are the people that may have issues with or may just be again cynical to. I don't know if I even how a a. a, a multi-billion dollar Hollywood executive CEO is going about 
discussing I, his property. I don't and even what say his, what Bob Iger's agenda is in those discussions. But and Kendall, I'm always going to have track a problem. Record, how, what his track record could suggest in where his head is at. I'm always going to have a problem. No, no, but Kendall, I'm, I personally, I can't speak for Shamari. I'm personally always going to have a problem with people say that because you're talking about black excellence, you have an agenda. Yeah. That's absurd. That's that, that, and that's why I get so fired up about this because that's, that to me is, is an obvious agenda that's being pushed by certain people who don't want to talk about black excellence. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. And, and my thing is, and that's not but what that's Iger not was getting to. That, that's not, those aren't the people I'm talking about. No, I'm those are the, Kendall. No, it no, doesn't matter. Are, it doesn't matter if that's not their goal. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. It doesn't matter. I don't care that's if that's not their the agenda. Or that's into. not what they're trying to do. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what's happening. Those people are trying to silence black excellence for the sake of whatever the situation is, whatever their their goals are. But that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable in 2019 that you cannot talk about a movie that was great and that was black. Because oh, people might think that you have an Someone agenda. That's absurd. That's and weird. the problem is not. And when we think like that, we're now we're gonna have people holding back on giving black people, uh, no, 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 black accolades and and and, and speaking to exactly. uh, great yeah. black words. It's dangerous. Because oh well, if I do this, then now I may be playing now to the race people card. think I'm playing some kind of race card. That's like, the that's issue dangerous. I have with this whole conversation. Why, why I thought this thing was crazy, and I tweeted like a madman the other day because of it. That. That that at its crux, Kendall, is so dangerous in our society. Which is why I'm fighting so to hard not on it. Bob Iger on his track record at times when he needs to be and to not be. It's all it, it to. I don't want to say brainwash, but like we have to be consistent with. Look, if Disney has a strange tra- track record of things that they've done, you have to then. But now that's moving the condition goalposts. yourself to to think. Well, no. where, what perspective are they coming from? No, can I disagree? Yeah, I disagree completely. The, and maybe I sound like a crazy Disney show today. Multi, that's fine. No, no, Kendall, you're totally wrong I, with that. And here's look. why. You're wrong about that. Here's why. Because this conversation was about art. And that's why I keep trying to stress. You can't go and that's because that's what they're doing. It's like, to me, it's such a clear game. And it's, it's pissing me off because the conversation is about art. He brings up art and they say, oh, well, what about your atrocities in this field? Of course, no one's co-signing those atrocities. But that wasn't a conversation that was brought up. I shouldn't have to talk about Bob Iger and, and Disney. Wait, no, wait, 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 can I I'm, not blast, I'm not one of the people who say Iger is a bad person who's bringing up But Kendall, Kendall, let me finish for a second. I, I'm saying, personally, look, I don't know I don't know Iger, but I don't know what his motivations are. I think his point is fairly valid. But Kendall, you got to let me finish this point, Kendall. But I think that, I, but I, I, I don't. But Kendall, I, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't blindly trust Bob. No, Iger's, but Kendall, I think you, you know, heart. Kendall, my, Kendall, you gotta let me finish this point because I think you keep cutting me off and you're missing it. We can't, we can't say, oh, I bring up, you say my movies are bad. I bring up Black Panther, and now I gotta talk about everything you've done that, against Black people and social justice. That's not how this conversation has to go. That's because we wouldn't do it about any other movie. We wouldn't. We wouldn't do that for any other movie that doesn't have black people and say, "Oh, when you bring it up, oh, well, let's." If if uh, if he brought up uh, Doctor Strange, it wouldn't say, "Oh, well, let's talk about your fact that you guys are okay with China and Hong the Hong Kong situation." That's not fair, and that's the point when I say it, that that in a whole that still silences black excellence and 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 black people in 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 um 
in in this in 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 this industry, which we know is 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 already very prejudiced because we have no the black the Oscars you they have the Oscars so white hashtag that's gone viral every other year because no black people get nominated for anything, and it's so hard for people of color to get into this industry. That's my issue. Is that it can't be because I I just brought up a movie that has black people now I we need to do a full on uh you know uh, like no 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 back background history on now oh well what have you done for black issues and black like that's not that's not how that's this not is going to work saying. that is what you're saying i, that, oh, I, I disagree I, that, I, I i fairly disagree is that look i'm not i'm not one of that i don't feel i have to bash bob Iger personally but if someone else doesn't feel comfortable with it, what i will say to them is well i mean to be fair I don't. I mean, I don't know what his agenda is. I like. I don't know what Iger's agenda is. Like, is it to honestly like defend Black Panther, or is it to um, use it for his own thing? I don't know. But what I what I do know is again, your facts are legitimate. You know, like it does make sense in his argument, and Black Panther is, um, like Shamari said, probably the best movie that Marvel's ever made. But it's just like Disney. I don't trust Disney because of a lot of things that they've done. So that's where I'm like, if someone else wants to be, if someone else wants to be cynical about it, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, attack them. That's my thing. My problem with that, and I will leave it here, is that just opens up a can of worms and a slippery slope yeah, for very, every very single dangerous. industry that ever talks about black issues or black. Or just now again, not even black issues. Just bringing up black anything, black anything, anything that's black, anything good. that's black. We're just gonna <laughs> say, oh, well, you got an agenda because you did this. And at the end of the day, that's still that overall that hurts progress because if we if we decide that those people are just always gonna be, uh, um, you know, hypocritical scumbags, then then we should just ignore anything they do that's black, and we shouldn't even focus on anything black because it all has an agenda and it's terrible. That's the slippery slope that you create, Kendall, when you bring up these points. Like, that's why I, I vehemently disagree and disagree so strongly with what you're saying today and what these people have been saying. It, it, it's, it, it is so unfair that because you're bringing up a movie that has black people in it, that now you're going to be looked at with a raised eyebrow. It's just not fair. It's, it's unjust. It's prejudiced. And I and I don't see it any other way, because you wouldn't do it with any other movie. And because a movie has black people in it, that all of a sudden now, oh, now I have to look at it in a different light. Uh, you might be bringing it up because it just has black people in it. That overall is just not going to get us anywhere. Yeah, we don't know what's in Bob Iger's heart. We can only know what's on the sheet of paper and the argument that's in context. The context of what he brought it up made one hundred percent perfect sense. So, so if he if it wasn't nefarious on his part, that's something he's got to live with. That's messed up. But it doesn't it it doesn't illegitimize his point. If I made that point in this show today, if I came out on this show today and Bob Iger didn't say anything, I just want to talk about Martin Scorsese, and I said, well, what about Black Panther? Am I illegitimate now because I brought up Black Panther? Like that's why this thing is so ridiculous. Forget about Iger. The yeah, point forget, he was about, forget about Iger and his money. Yeah, it could have been anybody. anybody saying that. If LeBron James said that. that if, but if, if, I, if, 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 if what I would say is 
if you know if you're someone like Bob Iger or just anybody that has listeners that the way that the way that Bob Iger does, like I would say like in 2019 and again maybe it's not fair but in 2019 you have to understand that your whatever you say is going to be taken out of context or people are going to have that that argument or that 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 comeback and if you want to avoid that and improve it and shut down that debate you have to play it that's not fair Kendall. you have to play it in a way that no. can shut that down me, so for me, me we just that's disagree. where i go back to if you say Black Panther in this, and then you throw in whatever whatever you would have you would argue their second best movie, like that then completely nullifies any no nope. um, any conversation of oh do you only bringing this up because because of this Kendall I and, you're a smart dude obviously <laughs> um and you're so super wise I being smart we just totally don't agree with you yeah on this. absolutely because because that issue. To me, again, it's just you're super play, anti-black. Playing, yeah, you're playing on their, because, their turf for some reason. Because if he brought up Avengers Endgame, like, no one would be saying, why didn't you bring up Black Panther? Like, the idea that we have to bring up other movies to make people feel comfortable by talking about Black Panther is just inherently anti-black. It's inherently anti-black. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. It's not yeah, about like making it's very... people feel comfortable, because those people will never feel comfortable. What, about, whatever, whatever, it's, it's, it's opening yourself their, up to ridiculous criticism. Yeah. Either way, but Kendall, it's it doesn't fixing and keeping the focus on the quality of Kendall, the work. Either way, it's anti-black, and and anything anti-black, I'm going to be against. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. Yeah, the better my whatever, argument, whatever my argument, argument, if if my argument means like, I have to qualify talking about black, talking about black, black any, anything, media, black anything. You then that's no. That's I, I'm not playing that game. <laughs> Iger shouldn't play that game. He's smart not to play I'm, that I'm game. Very glad. And those Iger people should be ignored. And 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 that's that's how I feel about it. I'm never gonna back down from it. And and I hope that the people who are listening agree with me. Maybe they will be Kendall. I don't know. But the idea that because again, if he would have brought up Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, uh, Endgame, Infinity War, this kind, con- none of this conversation is happening. Because he brings up Black Panther, now we got to worry about, oh, you broke me all criticism, people who don't want to hear you talk about black people and black media. That's whack. I don't want to hear anything about those people. And I, I will firmly always stand against that because it's not right. And we should be talking about the the the, uh, the, the the accomplishments that Black Panther did, the historic accomplishments that it did. We shouldn't be hiding from it or going or shying away from it because people may have a criticism about you bringing up black uh, black media. That's just lame to me. Um, we do got to move on real quickly so we can get these two, uh, uh, movie, the show reviews. So let's do just quick hitters. Natalie Portman talking about, uh, Thor, uh, uh, Love and Thunder. She talked about how there have been conversations about including, uh, the cancer storyline, but she doesn't know if it's actually going to be included. Um, and that, if, if you know what I'm talking about, uh, Jane Foster's character in the comic books, when she becomes the mighty Thor, uh, at the time, she has cancer, and when she's Thor, obviously she's fully healthy. But when she's not Thor, she she's a, you know she's a cancer uh, patient. So um, Natalie had a quote saying that I'm trying to find it here. She said, uh, "quote It's it's just very rare that these kinds of big entertainment films look at more serious, real issues. Uh, I really don't know anything about it. I haven't seen anything, but I've heard the same rumors as you have." And it's exciting to think about in regards to whether or not it will indeed be included. So, Sham, should they include the cancer storyline in your eyes? I think they should. And do you think they will? 
I think they should. I don't know if they will. Taika's doing the movie again. Of course, Feige's ahead of all of this. I don't think Feige would be afraid to to go into that. Though I don't know why he would be. Honestly, I think it could be a very. I think it could be an extremely touching story. So I hope they do, and uh, I think that they will. But you know, we'll see. What do you think, Kendall? Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think it's interesting because I mean, when they originally discussed. Or when they originally announced this movie, as you say, at Comic-Con. Um, I mean, I assumed that it would be a part of it. But, I mean, this this conversation kind of, uh, or these comments kind of, you know, really put it up in the air, I would say. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, I, I would, uh, my guess is that we, uh, we do see it because I didn't know this movie was doable without it. Or some variation of it, you know, even if it's not breast cancer, it could be, you know, some sort of terminal situation or some sort of illness. Um, but I don't know, you know, I mean, I, I would think that it would be uh, something that's interesting, but it's also a kind of a dark storyline. So, you know, whether or not Disney wants to do that, they did it to some degree in Guardians. So if they want to do it on a much stronger scale. They could do it here, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Guardians because that was what I was thinking about. Uh, Guardians did it and it did it at a, at a, you know, it wasn't a huge storyline, but they had the fact that Star Lord's mom had, had cancer and she passed away. So when I thought about that, I thought it's going to happen. Um, I even think the way she talked about it, to me, I, I took these comments as more of her not trying to spoil anything, to be honest. Um, I think she knows whether or not it's in the movie, and I think that it is in the movie because. Otherwise, I think she would have said that it's, if it's not in the film. Um, she spoke about how she thought that's a really powerful part of the books. Um, so the fact that she has that kind of knowledge of it and that she was obviously told to read up on it so that she could play the character, I w- it was it would surprise me if they decided not to uh, not to put it in. Um, also, Joker passes Deadpool as the highest grossing rated R movie of all time. Sham, are you surprised? No, I'm not surprised. At this point, I may be surprised that they don't do a sequel, though I really hope they don't do a sequel. So those those are really my feelings on it. What about you, Kendall? Are you surprised it, it, uh, it, it passed Deadpool? Um, I'm not a, I'm not surprised. You know, I'm afraid because you know <laughs> I already have my issues with, with oh, Joker, geez. and you know the you guys start another you guys start another fight on this show. The, we already the, have the one. Dangers, the, the dangers that that movie could have in today's society. <laughs> but regardless, um, you know, yeah, I mean, good for good for Warner Brothers. Um, seem to be on a roll when it comes to superhero movies. So uh, we'll see what happens with uh, I guess Wonder Woman's their next one. This does surprise me. I'll be honest. I was surprised that it it did this because Deadpool was marketed as a superhero movie. So even though it was rated R, I wasn't surprised. It, I wasn't surprised honestly that it did the superhero numbers that it did. Um, not that marketing campaign was all time legendary, fantastic for the first Deadpool movie. So those numbers didn't surprise me. Joker, I don't think nearly. Joker was a lot. They they did a good job with this one too. But it wasn't nearly as in your face. And it definitely, to me, I, I think that word of mouth and the Batman, you know, uh, bump, so to speak, really helped this movie. 
And it's all I mean it's awesome that it broke these kind of movies this these kind of records. It's crazy that a quote unquote non popcorn superhero kind of movie could do this these numbers. It's great. Um I would have wished Logan could have done these numbers because Logan is me is up up there with, with a movie like Joker mm-hmm. and Deadpool. I agree. Um so I, it does surprise me, but it's it's awesome that he did it. I think it's a fantastic movie. I still think people should go out there and check it out. So um so let's get to our show recap. So we're doing uh, Watchmen, we have Titans, and we have Black Lightning. I don't believe Kendall's finished Black Lightning, so that'll just be me and Sham at the end of the show to do Black Lightning. But let's start with Watchmen. Um, we just actually watched the episode. So we we didn't do last week's premiere, though. If you watched our YouTube video, that was like a non-review review. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, Lindelof and HBO was saying that they didn't want actual reviews out. So we had to be kind of careful what we were saying. So we didn't know if we necessarily need to do another recap of that episode since we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. We can kind of touch on it while we talk about it here. But episode two, I think, was also um, fantastic. I mean, this show is just, it's uh, its next level. And to me, it just keen, continues to get, what I love about Watchmen is uh, it's just a weird property. Like, it's just like there's a lot of weird stuff that happens. And I love how this, I mean, this episode, like, ratcheted up that weirdness, like, the first episode is is based in a lot of realism and a lot of like real life themes and it's kind of scary in terms of how close to reality it is. And this 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 episode is still based in a lot of realism, but you do get more of the quirky, weird, just out out there stuff. Um, and last episode we did get the squid um, coming out of nowhere, but here you got you know the young boy who has the telepathic powers. Um, you have uh, Ozzy Mandius, you know, burning people alive and while he's doing clones. Uh, and he has clones, yeah. Like you start to see stuff like, okay, this is definitely now getting very weird. And I, I enjoyed that this this episode went down that path. We're still trying to figure out what to deal is with why the police chief was um, murdered. I don't think Louis Gossett Jr. actually did it, but he was also taken away in a ship at the end of the episode. Um, I I love this show. It's super. Um, it's super thoughtful with a lot of the themes that they they touch on, and um, it's just been a great ride so far. What do you what, uh, what do you got to say about these last two episodes, Chef? Um, I mean, you know me. I love Watchmen, and I love this take on Watchmen. I have to say, I really, really do. I love that you can tell Lindelof is trying to very much stay true to the source material. I like that this uh, show is starting off and kind of centering its plot around a murder of a main character, similar to what happened in, in Watchmen, yeah. where the whole yes, the whole is. story kind of centered around the, who murdered the comedian. What happened? It's similar how like they start to you see like a hero quote unquote get killed, and you're like, oh my god, and then like yeah. You start to peel the layers of that hero, so to speak. Exactly, yes. And you start to see, oh, this person was not as noble, maybe, as I would have exactly. anticipated. So I love I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think Lindelof is doing a fantastic job um, with this show. Uh, I am extremely intrigued by this old man and his story, which I, we're definitely not done with him. I mean, now we know he's the grandfather. He's the grandfather of... Uh, the the main character, Regina yeah. King's character, uh, Angela, and um, oh geez, and uh, you know we got these people in uh, what do they call it Nixonville? Nixonville. Oh sheesh, 
I mean, this is this is so intense. I lo- I love this show because in Watchmen, didn't Nixon like wasn't he like president for a long time? Yeah, and the people, so these people idolize him, and they're yeah. like, for lack of a better term, like redneck folk. Yeah, that was. I don't like. There's so many layers to that. I'm still trying. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around that imagery, of, I guess that being the result of someone as toxic as Nixon. Staying in power for that long, and his impact—it's very fascinating. Kendall, what do you think of these? Uh, this episode? Uh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was a—I uh, thought it was a really good episode. Um, you know, I, I think uh, they did. A, I mean, they continue to do a good job of adding layers of mystery that you don't really uh, expect. Um, you know, like. I, you know, I don't know what the deal with the police chief was or what, you know, what what we know, what's real and what's not, you know, like, um, I, I don't know what the deal is with, uh, you know, the, the old dude, um, it, like, what, it's, it's still, I mean, look, this is a show that they've done a very good job of setting up. Uh, a mystery and um, making you want to see what happens. Uh, I, I I think they've done a better, uh, not to say a better job, but I think they've done a good job of, you know, dropping in, you know, more, more and more like Watchmen references and stuff to, uh, you know, make you kind of understand. I, I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't pick up until like, it, it took me a while to realize that the the play, yeah, it was you Dr. know, the Jeremy Dr. Irons had going on was, was Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not until he got burned. I was like, oh, I think that's Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, it was funny. But um, yeah, like they've done a good job of adding in those cues, and um, I don't know. You know, I think they're. They, I, I I think it's been a. Uh, I think this has been a good good episode so far, or a good couple episodes of this series, and um. I'm just interested to see where where it goes from here, um, and what what ends up being kind of the the main story. I also want to see what's um. Also want to see what the deal is with Hooded Justice. They had that that short TV thing. Yeah. With him. Yes. Which I'm wondering what the deal is with that. I feel like there's a lot that we're gonna learn about him going forward in this show as well. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> Cuz that was that was part of the TV episode, right? Like the episode that uh, Yeah, it was part of that TV episode. The kid and her uh Regina's husband or Angela's husband was watching. Yeah. It's really odd because his his costume is like he has a noose around his neck yeah. and he has a hood like a KKK hood. Yeah. It's really disturbing. And like the <laughs> The TV rating thing was like, oh, it's like racism and homophobia, yeah, racism, misogyny, and misogyny, homophobia, and sexual, you know, sexual, sexual violence. Yeah, like it was like crazy. So this also, I guess, speaks to a time where deregulation of media to me is clearly very much in play. I think even the little thing they were talking about with the newspapers. Uh, Shout out to uh, Ricky Jarrett's dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. if you guys watch Ballers, the newspaper news 
newsstand salesman. Um, which also was interesting. I to me like everything they do in the show is not like by accident. So the fact that there even was like a newsstand guy was like something I took note of because newsstands are dead now. Like that's a big story in New York. Not a big story, but it's a recurring story in New York that newsstands are doing terribly because nobody buys newspapers. And newspapers aren't doing very well. So the fact that like newspapers and newsstands were even like still a thing in this future also speaks to how different this timeline is than the timeline that we are uh that we're watching. Um I also, also sorry, well, yeah. I was gonna say that um I also noticed that it definitely the looking glass is definitely they did a lot of uh of uh, what's the word um allusions to uh, uh Rorschach with looking glass in this episode like with him like eating the nuts and eating the stuff with the mask up like yeah um clearly they're trying to draw some parallels between those two uh gentlemen that is certainly interesting and i guess so i was i was confused in the first episode about why those white kids were angela's kids but i guess she took in her partner's kids yeah, exactly. and adopted them that's pretty crazy yeah yeah, so who's yeah that's crazy. Who's that? That brother is he like a? Is he racist? Like I don't know. Well, that's the question. I mean, he had a clan's husband. He had a clan's thing in his closet, and you know, it's just it's it's clearly now becoming a. Um, well, no, I mean not not the chief, but who's the guy that had custody of them? Well, not custody. oh, that guy. So I assume. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought that maybe was the partner's brother or something like that. Probably, that's what I would assume, and that maybe he was the original person that may have had custody of them, but they find out he was maybe a, you know not a great person for lack of a better term, and I don't know. I, I, we start to find that out, but yeah. yeah, there's still a lot to be. Uh, there's still a lot of uh, stuff to figure with out her. with her, yeah. but um, I think that will some of this. A conspiracy will start to play out more once uh, Lori Blake comes into the next episode. Oh, man. I can't wait. I can't wait, too. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's, that's going to be... I, I I still want to see um, Lady True. We got a little bit yeah. of her, I guess, her assistant or her daughter. I don't know who that was. We got the newspapers. But, like, I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing, like, her aspects. Because when we saw some of the footage we got to see at Comic-Con... She looks like Karen is going to be very interesting. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that was, I'm sure people who were watching be like, who was, what was that girl? What was that scene even about? So having a little bit of an inside scoop on it was dope because I, I can't wait to see when she comes to the default. Yeah. It was, it was, um, it was funny how like they use it, little details, but they, in the, the, the end credits, they, they used, uh, uh, the song called a song Ed, the song called uh, Eggman by uh, the Beastie Boys. Yep. And like the the way they paralleled that with, you know, the the I guess, what's his name Will. Yeah. The old the old yeah. man like how he's eating the egg yeah. at the end, and then you know then you end the episode with with that song. It's just I don't know. It's funny. Yeah. I don't think by accident. Obviously. No, no. There's nothing the show does by accident. I mean, the attention to detail is so good um like it's so good that i to me like these episodes i feel like i gotta watch again 
Like this to me is definitely gonna be like Easter egg heavy show. I don't know if you watched the first episode again, EJ. I did not, but I will. So me and Shamari, yeah, yeah, and Shamari we, yeah, watched yeah, it over, right? Yeah, I oh, watched. Yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe ten minutes of it, but when she, do you remember what? Uh, do you remember what Will says to her when she first meets him? And he's and he's outside of his uh, and he's he's outside of her store. Yeah, yeah, this is crazy. It was interesting. No. Yeah, she. Yeah, he said, uh, he, "Do you think I could lift two hundred pounds?" Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that now. Yeah. And like, I totally like that. That like went way over my head. When yeah. No. That. When when I it's funny that you say that because when I watched that episode, when I watched, when we first watched that episode at Comic Con, like I, I I picked up immediately. Oh my god! Like that was a connection that to the. Can, yeah, that's what he was saying. Earlier thing that happened in the episode. Yeah, I I like missed that. I was wow. like, and then when I watched it over a second time, I was like. Oh, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, as well. Like, and there's probably way more examples of that. Do we have any theories as to where he went or who took him? Absolutely not. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't have any. So. I have no idea. I mean, Manhattan. He did say he's. That's the Manhattan. only thing I'm like Manhattan. I mean, I don't. Though, I didn't. He doesn't have a ship. I guess he can make a ship. He made some kind of fortress or some, well, th- something something on Mars. A ship? No, he shouldn't need that's a ship. That's what I'm trying to say. That's why I don't think it's him. He doesn't need a ship. But also, he like, shouldn't need a ship to move him either. But Will seemed like he knew what was going on. So, like, does he have connections to someone else we don't know? Like, obviously, he tried to make the point that he knew Manhattan, maybe. But if it's not Manhattan, who else could he have known? Because he wasn't like, he was like, oh my God, I'm being abducted. He was like smiling when it was happening. So, yeah. Uh, Is it, I mean, what's the story of like him and the Nazis or the Germans? So that was more int- really great uh great black black history lesson, quite yeah. frankly. Um from what we had last week, which you guys didn't see the first episode, which we didn't talk about in detail you want to spoil during Comic Con, but the, the black to- the black Wall Street bombing that's happened in, in the early twentieth century. They did that last episode. This episode was basically was that World War One? Or was that a different war? I forgot, I don't even know if it was a war, but one of the strategies that the Germans and other countries had when soldiers, black soldiers, were fighting, were to spread propaganda, um, which is what every country does. America spreads propaganda in other countries, and what they would do is they would drop, um, you know, pamphlets yep. written in English speaking bad about America. And one of the things that the black soldiers would read on these. You know, pamphlets that would be dropped, that would be literally, as you saw in that episode, dropped from the sky, would be like the atrocities that uh, America is doing to black people and why blacks should not be fighting for America. They should fight for other countries or move to other countries. It's a way to try to hurt America because other countries understood the value Americans had in having the numbers they had of, in black people. So right. that was, I don't know what the relevance really was yet. But it just was another kind of tale, kind of to tell Will's story. That Will comes from obviously uh, a different, a time period that was, that's very different. And how he kind of views the world is going to be different than probably than almost anyone that's he's going to encounter because he's so old. Right. One thing that's a very interesting connection. I mean, we're getting all these. I don't even wouldn't even call this a theory, but it's just a weird connection between Hooded Justice and uh, Will Reeves. Is um, in the comic uh, Hooded Justice, 
uh, was a, I guess it's more of a rumor. He was said to have, his real identity was to have been like a German bodybuilder who was found to be a Nazi, be a Nazi. Mm. And also like a rapist and he tortured children. He was found to be a, a horrible person. Apparently. Right. And the original Night Owl killed him. But if he's a Nazi and this kid has this flyer about, from Nazis, mm. essentially. So we were saying, what's the connection between Hooded Justice and this guy? Right. You know, so it's just this Especially is, since the Hooded Justice uh, had, like, the noose around his neck. Exactly. And, like, this will just, he was next to a guy that was hung. We don't right. know if he hung him or if someone else hung him. Yeah. He's wearing, the red, he's wearing, like, the red jacket, too. Yep. That's kind of, that's where we just saw the picture of him. Yes. Wearing the red jacket. Similar yes. to what Knight, uh, the husband, was wearing also. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, this is just, I mean, the husband was clearly white in that yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. But maybe was, is the husband in this Watchmen black? Like, you know, there's a lot of... Right. I mean, because remember, this was a fiction that we were watching. Yeah. Right. Was, yeah. And who did Justice... So in the comic, they said, oh, well, we, we they, like, turn that around. They're like, oh, so we don't, we actually have no idea who Hooded Justice really was. Mm. So it was, just, it was just a mystery. Yeah. No one knew who he was. So, yeah, I don't know. This this show is going to go really deep with this stuff. And I can, I, you can already tell Lindelof is a super fan oh, of yeah. this stuff. But I can see how, like, uh, I can see how more wouldn't want anything to do with this show when you're taking someone like Hooded Justice and they're, clearly they're going to oh, yeah. take a big liberty oh, and yeah, try absolutely. to do something big with him. And something <laughs> that was not in Moore's mind. So I can see why he's like, yeah. I don't want my name anywhere near this, whether it's good or not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this show has been uh, awesome. Um, it seems to be appointment television for a lot of people already. So that's really dope to see. And we're going to keep watching it. So uh, so we'll, 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 we'll check, keep checking it out. But... Let's uh, also quickly get into Titans. Um, I gotta say, man, I really like this Titan season, and I think uh, this people, other people on this podcast, I was the most, I was the biggest detractor of the show. I had the most issues with the show, but this episode, Jericho, I thought was really good, um, and I just feel like their flashbacks in this season are just way more impactful. And they just tell me way more about the current story than last year's flashbacks. I did see some people on social media complaining about, oh my god, another flashback episode. But I think in this season, the flashback episodes have kind of been my favorites. Like I don't know if I, I don't know if the Aqualad one was. Was there a, how many? Were, so there, I mean, the Superboy was kind of a flashback in a way. Yeah, Aqualad. Yeah, um, like movies that like episodes that like aren't taking place in real time. Right, right, yeah. Boy, Aqualad. This yeah, one, obviously, this one, Jericho. Um, I think those are the only. Full, yeah, I think like, those are the only. Yeah, those are the only ones that are like mostly or full flashbacks. Yeah, I there just are some that also you know have flashback moments, I believe. But I just really enjoyed uh, the story they told with this Jericho kid. Um, and I kind of like how everything kind of played out. And I thought it kind of made sense. And, and the one thing I really enjoyed was... Well, you, they had to... I mean, they've established Deathstroke as a as someone not to be messed with. But they, I thought this episode really kind of solidified it. 
when like uh you know the Thamus Cameron, you know, embassy for lack of a better term, like right. they don't understand that they're under attack and Deathstroke's coming for them and right. they have the extra security ready to go. Yep. And how none of that matters when Deathstroke decides it's time for him to finish his job. Yep. Uh, he's able to just get rid of all of them and then he goes one on one with Donna and just wrecks her. And he goes one on one with Dick and wrecks him. And I thought obviously Kendall was right when he said there was no way in hell that Dick actually killed Jericho. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but I think I thought that I could see why Dick would take responsibility for Jericho's death. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I thought this episode was great. I think the season has been great, and I agree. I I could absolutely see why Dick would would take responsibility because I mean he's the one that got the kid involved in the first place when everyone told him not to. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I thought this was a very good episode. Um, and I'm glad, you know, the, and the, the episode was titled Jericho and I, I'm glad it's a thing where we knew he was dead. You know, we know he's dead. It's just telling us how it got to that point. Um, so the whole episode, you're watching this kid and you're like, oh, this is a good kid. You, you know, you know, like, this is a good kid. Like, how did this happen? And, and you just watch it all unfold and, um, you know, it's, it's just very tragic. So, but it, it, this was a very touching episode. I like what they're building here, um, you know, and I, I like what they're doing with with uh, with with characterizing this old Titans team. So we know why they're so uh, distant. They're so yeah. yeah, they're so distant. They're so upset when Split. they are all when they arrive. All they all arrive back at this this Titans tower. Right. So yeah, I thought it was a wonderful episode. Did anyone? And, uh, if there was any, I guess I'll pose this to you, Kendall. Did anyone feel, did you feel, that the dismantling of the Titans was, the old Titans was a little too short-lived? Like, I guess the way I'm, reason why I'm asking that is because I felt like when they they talked about what Deathstroke did to them in the past, they made it sound like it was a lot more like they went through a long battle with him and they barely got out. Like, like you're saying, like, this is only, like, a couple weeks. Right, like okay, he killed what's his name, and yes, he messed I mean, up those Donna. Are two traumatic things. Yeah, they and are. That's right, that's right. And I he almost killed Dick. Like, when I, I just feel like yeah, if, if I'm if happened. I'm that team though, Kendall, I just feel like all right, like like we lost we lost uh, Gar, uh, Donna almost got killed, Dick almost got killed. I'm like yo, Hawk and, and Dove, y'all just y'all y'all just smoke dodging at this point. Nothing really happened to you guys. Y'all just bounced. See, the thing is like. I interpreted it as like, because I kind of thought the same thing where I was like, like, wow, it was quick. But I, I, you know, I stepped back and I was like, I mean, from their perspective, this dude comes out of nowhere and takes out Aqualad. And then, which again, is traumatic experience, obviously. They go out, recruit this kid Jericho, you know, use him as bait, but eventually then recruit him, you know, build a connection with that kid. Robin then goes, AWOL, not AWOL, but he goes, you know, uh, solo, does his own thing, and kid, the kid ends up dead. And so now they're just like, one, they're like, screw Robin, but they're also just like, all right, this is like, I mean, it's two, I mean, two members dying in a, in the, in a couple of weeks. And Donna was close to death. Yeah, yeah, could have easily died if that's death for one or dead. Like... At that point, you know, I could see why they were so splintered. Like that's pretty traumatic, and 
at that point. They want to go there separate. They can't trust Robin anymore. And, you know, that's why Robin beat himself up. I mean, like, this is what I said, like, this is pretty much exactly what I, what I said when I, what I thought when I said that, you know, he was talking about, all oh, I killed Jericho. I'm like, no, you didn't, man. Like, you did something stupid that led to his death, which in theory, I guess he did. But, um, it was a classic, classic television intro. Did anyone feel like Robin made the bad decision? Am I a bad person feeling like he he did what I would have done? I, he he overreacted, I think, because he found out that he found out that what that he attacked that that Deathstroke attacked Donna Troy. Right. Which, so the only reason why he even pulled up was because Deathstroke just attacked another member of his team and almost left left, left her for dead. Like Donna could have died. Even though he didn't finish the job, so to speak. Like, why wouldn't like to me Jericho at that point is in danger? But why didn't he? His... He didn't. The, the issue is one: he didn't inform the rest of the team from that from their perspective. I understand that. Yeah. But then from Jericho, it's like, like he didn't like Robin. Like he came in like you can't say I'm not gonna come. Like Deathstroke didn't. He didn't kill. Wonder he just said stay out of it, and then the first thing he does is not stay out of it. I don't know. I get no. I get I get Jericho's beef with them, and I get the beef with Robin. I just feel like you would do the same exact thing. That was the play. Like to me, Jericho could even be at risk because Deathstroke is proving to be more lethal and perhaps more unstable if he's willing to be this bold. Why would I let a kid that I just let go with him? go without any kind of view of what happened. Now, to me, like, it, he didn't look very, like, much like he was trying to protect Jericho, so maybe I'm giving him too much rope there. He looked more just like, you just hurt Donna. But, like, even in that standpoint, like, it just seemed the most sense. Like, he just killed a bunch of people. Like, like he's not like, oh, I gotta, like, wait until a grace period for them to finally pull up. I'm a, I'm, it's on site. As soon as I know where he is, I'm coming and, and we taking him down. So, I felt like, not that I, I don't know, and I don't know if the show is necessarily trying to be heavy handed that Robin made this terrible mistake. Not not and that he did, but like I don't know if they're trying to say, Oh, he like he's a bad person for what he did. But I do kind of feel like there's a little more ambiguity in the decision he made than maybe the show is giving them credit for. I don't know how you feel, Sham. I mean, I see your point. I I mean I and I agree that there is ambiguity with it. And I think the whole, you know, twist with Donna being attacked and all that is is just letting credence to show you why Dick went and everything that was going on with the situation. So it's more complicated than what it may have first seemed. Um, uh, but I think they're, they're I think them trying to get across that what Robin did in showing up there was a betrayal to Jer- from Jericho's perspective. Yeah. And then they got him killed. Or and then this whole situation got him killed, and you know it all kind of goes back to the fact that he shouldn't have really been there in the first place. Right? They shouldn't have got him in the first place. Exactly. You know now he's dead, and you know that does fall on Dick. It was his plan. Yeah. So you know I agree with you, but at the same time I do. You know I think they were effective. He morally crossed the line. I mean he did like some Batman stuff. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. It it didn't work. So if you if you do that like Batman stuff. Nine times out of ten works. This this ended horribly. Yeah, like, no, I get it. You know. Now, what I will say is two things. One, this is more, you know, 
just is more is smaller. But I I I, I just assume that. Because we all knew def- we all we knew Jericho was gonna die. I assumed he was going to, like, assume the 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 body of somebody. That was about like assume like Deathstroke. Like either Robin was gonna kill Deathstroke, or Deathstroke was gonna kill Robin, and then he would jump into that person's body. And in my head, I was like, how does that not kill the other person? Right. That's what like, I was thinking too. Yeah. But I was like, why would they introduce that power? I mean, it's a cool power. Well, that's Maybe where we that's- get to the interesting conspiracy that perhaps Jericho isn't dead. Interesting. Could he have switched into someone else? Maybe. And somehow his consciousness is still alive, even if his body is not. It would be wild. I mean, I I can't imagine he is slayed right now, because that would be super dark for no reason. Or or maybe he just dormant in Slade. Maybe he's just kind of living through Slade. I mean, I don't know how his powers work, but you know, maybe he can kind of still exist in some within someone's consciousness. Kind of in the back of their minds or something. I don't think it's yeah. out of the question that he's alive. I wouldn't bet on it, but th- to me, it doesn't make sense to show his power and it have no impact. Because <laughs> it hasn't. It, didn't, it, it doesn't. Didn't, he he showed his power and then he died a couple of minutes later. The only impact was, oh, well, I guess we'll recruit him on the team. Right. That's the only thing. And I don't know if that's enough to me. To I, justify... I, and I, and I, I kind of get how you're linking, how they would link it if they did decide to leave it at that, because like Dick saw powers in Beast Boy and Raven, and 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 and, and Jason does have power, but he sees his ability, and hey, he's that he's and, like him, right? So like I can see how he's like, oh well, like he saw some other you know renegade kids and brought him in, and he's gonna get these kids killed just like he got Jericho killed. I do see that a little bit, but it just seems like his the nature of his power also is so unique. That it just it would seem weird that so there was this opportunity, bro. That's, yeah, that that's, there was no other thing to it other than just to show that oh well, Dick sees kids like weapons, similar to how Batman sees kids as weapons. Yeah, that's all. I'm almost say. talking to myself into seeing how they could leave it at just that, but I do think that there's more there potentially. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I mean, his powers are so specific. You know, like it's not like oh, he can shoot fire. You know, or something like that, or something right. like that, where it's like, oh, this kid has powers. Let's recruit him. It's like, no, this is a very, um, you know, this is a very a power that would be used in a very specific manner. Um, so I mean, you would hope that it would be used at some point later on in the show. Now, what I will say is, this, this dude, Si Morales, has to be the best Deathstroke you've ever seen. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what. I mean, we got Manu Bennett. Who's very good as Deathstroke, very solid in his own right, but this guy is great, man. Yeah, like, I like. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't know if he's better than Manu, but he's good. He's really good. Manu was just too. He was too hot and cold. Manu was great, but they're different like, Deathstrokes. Like I, they're I, different Deathstrokes. I, right? I, this guy I, is Deathstroke, man. I, I do feel like this guy makes more sense as Deathstroke than maybe Manu was. Like Manu was very over the top. Very over the top. Like Deathstroke is kind of like, like he's psychotic, so he's kind of weird. And this guy plays up Deathstroke's type of psychosis better than Manu does, because Deathstroke is more like has is more kind of like quick, Cal- quick twitch, quirky, calculating, and meticulous. You feel like every time this guy speaks a word, he's he's thinking, because he wants everything he does to. To have an impact, and that's how Deathstroke is. Like that's 
that makes sense. Like, like Manu was fantastic. I'm not going to sit here and criticize Manu, but that clearly wasn't his goal in terms of what he was trying to bring to the table when he was playing Deathstroke. This guy is. So, I, I mean, he's great. I, I don't want to jump out of the window and say he definitely is better than Manu Bennett. Those are the only two Deathstrokes we have. We didn't get enough of Magnello yet to have a, a say or but say whether he's good. But yeah, he didn't get a chance. There, 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 to, me, it's, it's, to me, it's awesome that we've had two live Deathstrokes that are this good. I think that this guy's live action is probably a little better than Manu in terms of being in the costume. Because I thought Arrow did some kind of weird stuff with like trying to make him fast and stuff. I kind of like that they just made him just like a regular fighter, but just strong and quick. Uh, Give me the Mirakuru. Mirakuru. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember, there was a scene like in Arrow, like the first time, like first time, like Manu, like Manu is in like the full costume. He like kills a bunch of like Brother Blood's people. I think. Like I just remember that being looking super cartoony, like because it was like he, like the camera was just like moving really fast and stuff, and like like the way like this guy kills people and the way they kind of show it, like it's just is better. He's still a little clunky in the costume, uh-huh. and. I don't think that's something they're going to be able to fix, unfortunately. I kind of noticed it in the last episode, or whenever the last episode we saw him fighting people. But I kind of oh, yeah, gave him a little bit a, of a pass. It was a Deathstroke episode. Yeah, it was Death, Yeah, exactly. And I went to, then I saw, okay, this scene, he's got two scenes. One with uh, Dick Grayson, one with Don Troy. It was better. And they were good. Like, it wasn't like it was a, they were bad scenes. But he it was like, he wasn't that fast. You know, I kind of wish Not- he, he could have been a little more... Uh, quicker in the costume. This is more. This, this is an interesting uh, fact. But so I so I was watching the episode. And I noticed something that I thought was not a not a it's not a, a plot hole, but it's just something that I thought was just weird. It was how like Jericho is mute as a character. Obviously, yeah, can't talk. But like Donna, not Donna, Dawn kept using sign language to communicate with him, and I'm like. He can hear everything that they're saying. And, like, so I'm like, why did she continue to use sign language? But the actor is deaf that plays Jericho. Yes, so, he's deaf and uh, transgender, I believe. So you wonder if that's why, if they did it just to help the actor. Mm. You know, I mean. That's I mean, kind of, well, and, well, that actor, I mean, I know sometimes when people are deaf, they have, like, speaking can be a little. I don't know how to say it, but like they sometimes it's not as it doesn't clear, sound right? Right, because like you know they don't have hearing, right. obviously. I mean, he like his act, like his speaking was perfect. Yeah, he sounded perfect. Um, yeah. so I didn't, I I forgot That's that true. he was deaf yeah. until you brought it up. Part of me yeah. wonders if they dubbed his voice, maybe, but I don't know. Now, now I'm kind of thinking about it, but. Yeah, that's a decent point. I I've noticed that, but I do feel like, I've seen people do that though. Yeah, I guess it's not like impossible. Yeah, I've seen people once they once they lose the ability to like talk, like oh, like it's more comfortable for them to kind of just only talk in sign. So I don't right. know if it's completely out of the ordinary, but I, I didn't think about it too. Hmm. All right, but um, so this uh, how many seasons is how many episodes is Titans? We have five more left. Yeah, I think it's like thirteen. So episodes. we guys, we still got some time. Yeah, yeah plenty of time. A lot of people complain about the fact that we're not seeing the OG or the new G. The real team, yeah. <laughs> you know. It is weird. It is weird. I, I agree. I think we all agree that it is weird. Um And they did some weird stuff last year. That's why it's that's why it's like more weird. But 
it at the same time, like I agree, this season has been obviously better. It is obviously it's been, been very good. Like they continue to be very much off the beaten path, but like because there are five more episodes, I'm not panicking. If we go another two episodes with like, you know, we're going, you know, with another flashback to something else in Robin's path or Deathstroke's path, and we're down to like three more episodes and we still haven't seen Beast Boy in like three episodes, then I'd be like, all right, <laughs> you know, what's up here? There's a Titan show and we don't, we're not, we're not getting Beast Boy, Starfire, and Raven, but we have five episodes. Deathstroke is clearly the ultimate villain, or at least maybe not the ultimate ultimate villain, but it's clearly the main villain of the season. So they're doing their best to flesh out that character. And there's plenty of time. Like, they've done a great job. At this point, I'm invested. And they've built him up like a very, very strong character. So I think they're doing a good job. Um, plus, I mean, look, they did a really good job with just this Titans team. And like Shamari said, it makes way more sense now when, like, season one makes way more sense. Because now that we've seen this. Yeah. Because all the, the you know, all Donna Troy coming back to the old Titans and, you know, Hawk and Dove showing up. And it's like, that stuff when it happened, I didn't care. I didn't care about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is, this is Wonder Girl, Hawk and Dove. Like, why do I care about these characters? They're not main characters. I guess they were old Titans. Who cares? Now I'm like, oh, man, that was a deep story. How much you do know? you think this showrunner crew, Johns, everyone involved, had this story in mind when they were doing season one. I think they did. Maybe I do, not. I do not think they did. That's my opinion. I was asking you. I guys. think. I think they did. Why do you guys? They were they very heavy handed with like the, like we don't we're not cool with each other anymore. Like we're cool, but like we can't really coexist consistently. Yeah, especially with Don and Troy. Like you could tell it was a very kind of awkward. There's a lot of awkwardness with regards to her return. It was very clear she didn't want anything to do with she hero wanted business, nothing to do with but she was still kind of like still in, in the hero business, business yeah. but it was yeah. very much off the books. I'm not in a suit kind of right. Thing. Yeah, and I think I, I think John's had a I think he had a story in mind. I don't know if it's the exact wanted. like Deathstroke's kid, this that and the other thing, but like they were gonna write a story of like what Robin, happened, what happened to the Titans. Yeah, what happened to the Titans? Robin probably did something. Robin being all dark and all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Dark I think, Robin. I think they had a story in mind. You guys may have talked me into it. When I when I asked the question, I didn't think so. I and it probably they probably knew it involved Deathstroke. You know, but yeah, I, mean, I guess Death, I just felt like the Titans are very and maybe they were just linked. just they were just saving the sugar. I just felt like it was too vague. For me to think that they knew that this exactly was where they were going, and I mean, you're, you guys aren't saying that they knew exactly, exactly, but, but I just like to me, it wasn't even clear that Donna Troy was a member of the Titans. It wasn't clear any of these people were a member of Titans to me in season one. I took it as these were just friends of Dick's. That's why I don't. That's why I still lean maybe more towards that. See, thing. I, I, I like the fact that he made like that, that they made it. Oh, we are like all a family. These people were like a family. I, it was I, I was, that Wonder Girl and Dick were very close. So it was like, but even like, this, even seen, like process of elimination. Like, how do they know each other? But remember, there's a flashback scene where, where they're hanging out in Wayne Manor when, while Bruce and Diana are having some kind of meeting. Mm-hmm. So, like, even their the flashback they went to to talk about their friendship, they didn't talk about the Titans stuff. They talked about 
them as kids and Batman and what's the name being in the Justice League. Right. So that's why I lean towards that. But I, you guys make compelling points. I think you guys are probably right. But I guess, and I keep speaking to it, I just feel like this tone of the season, everything about the season just feels like an about face. Like they heard some criticism. And again, this show actually is way was way better received for season one than I think I probably give it credit for. But just watching the season, I just feel like they, they, they heard criticism. They're like, okay, you guys want more capes action. You guys want more team dynamic background. Let's just give it to them. And we'll, we won't try to sacrifice everything we've established. But I just can't imagine. Like, I just don't think I would have seen these episodes had they gone through whatever the plan was to continue in season one. And I and in the way they ended it with like Trigon being like a one episode bad guy, like I none of that just makes any sense to me. But this show is so random because they also introduced Connor last season, and I would think that Connor you Connor wasn't gonna have anything to do with Trigon. I would assume you would have he would have had to have been whoever the second villain would have been, and that was gonna be Deathstroke. So that leans lends so maybe they did have this plan in, in for a long time, but I don't know. It just. I mean, I say that to say I'm loving what I'm seeing. I really, it's a, this is a show where now I feel like I do have to watch almost every week because I enjoy what I'm seeing. But it's just, it's just so different. It's just so less dark, so less brooding, so much more embracing it being what Titan should be. It, with, with, while still being dark and still being adult themed. I don't think, and I think that's why they kind of missed the boat last year is that they didn't have, they could have been this last year. They decided to, harp on more of the kind of horror themes that come with Raven's character and center the show entire show around it and it just didn't work. In my opinion. They've they've clearly gone off that path in something different than what we've seen this year. Uh let's move on now to Black Lightning and thanks to Kendall uh for being on the show for the majority of this episode. Obviously again he didn't watch Black Lightning so me and Shamari would just take the reins here. Um Black Lightning Maybe besides Watchmen is to me the best superhero show on television right now, in my opinion. I'm gonna make that statement pretty emphatic. Yeah, starting out bold. These three episodes have been outstanding. I, I did not. I've not been following Black Lightning. I watched them all as a whole in one day, and I mean, I was glued to my TV with what they were putting on. I could, I didn't know they were bringing this kind of heat because I kind of was thinking watching it. I was kind of thinking back, and I was like. You know, we did not do the Jennies. I don't know if we're going to make it this year with the Jennies based on our scheduling and how late in the game it is. But I thought Black Lightning kind of slipped last year. We never really had a conversation about it. Not that it was bad. It was still good. Yeah. But I thought the first season when I was outstanding. I'd say the second season was good. Or maybe I'd say the first season was great. I mean, outstanding. First season was great. I thought the second season was good. And we didn't really talk about the fact that the show kind of did take a dip. Some of the La La stuff was ridiculous. Um... Tobias was great, but you know the SC, SC you know what are they the SCA or whatever they called the a, the ASA ASA like you know their 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 uh what's the word influence over the last season was eh. you know so there were some pitfalls though there were some good moments too mostly and involving the, Tobias and, you know the green light yeah the green light babies were a little cheesy uh and I, I say that to say that. While all that stuff was true, there was a lot of good, very good elements that made the season overall pretty good. This season, I think, has just been 
great. I mean, it's just so much. Uh, some of the shots they're doing inside, they were doing inside that facility with the people introducing themselves and yeah. their names coming across the screens and how they use the technology with that. Yeah. I thought it was just crazy. Um, the, the, the Khalil reintroduction. Oh, yeah, that was crazy. Khalil might be my favorite character, which is crazy because I could not stand this guy. As you guys know <laughs> listening to this podcast. This new Khalil is just, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, he's just... Uh, psychological, just a, just a, a pure it's a killer, killer, pain killer. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it makes, it's it makes funny because now I'm like, now he's really pain killer. Now, exactly. before he just, you know, some some guy that he's kind of apprehensive. Took, he kind of yeah. didn't want to kill people. He kind of even did it if he had to. Yeah, exactly. And he did. He didn't feel good about it. He kind of still liked the girl. Right. Like he really wasn't that villain, so to speak. And here. Not only is he that villain in the mind, but just how deadly and dangerous he is. Yeah. And his fight, I mean, that fight scene he had with those guys, those Marcos. Yeah, that was crazy. Was outstanding. If we, when we do do the Jennies for this upcoming year, that's that, that's a nice early entry for possibly top fight scene. And I get the impression that his character is going to be in that conversation at some point for best fight scene. Mm. Because even the fight scene where he was doing all the martial arts, like, that was one of my favorite scenes of the season already. Oh, yeah. And then, obviously, I said, the scene when he takes out all the Markovians after Jen blows up their communications uh, thing was was also great. Uh, I think they did just enough time with Jess, uh, excuse me, with, um, with a Jefferson in the facility. Like, if there was anything I wasn't crazy about, I, I really wasn't, I didn't get much from him in that facility. Like, it was a very jarring thing to do. I was like, oh, my God, why is he locked up? What's going on? Right. Then you learn why. They're, oh, okay, because they're trying to protect him, I guess, because he's like the... He's a target. Yeah, and he's like the... Like, for lack of a term, like the godfather of, like, this program. He's like the first right. writer to come out of this program. Right. So they would... His DNA and his stuff would be useful. So I understood that. But it was still a little, like, you know... After a while, I was like, okay, like, let's get him out. Like, this... Like, what's going on? Like it, it didn't seem believable yeah. that he would allow himself to be there that long. Yeah. And I love how they did it. Like, I love his new suit. I love his new his suit. His suit is fantastic. That is an amazing suit. Yeah. I mean, I really got to give my hats off to these people. Because it's funny because, you know, there was, of course, there was a controversy in the first season. It's like, oh, his suit looks a little funny. Yeah, and they were like the, you know? the, the throwback scene. He had better suit than yeah, the throw yeah exactly yeah, the throwback, suit throwback scene that he did. It was even the, better. I feel like now they're like, oh, you don't like the suit, huh? What do you think about this suit? And it's like, oh my god, you yeah. know this suit is unbelievable. Um, you know, so I thought that was amazing. I like how they fly now. Like I like yeah. how lightning. Yeah, the gen flying scene was really yeah, good. gen flying was great. Um, uh, you know, I like that Gambies chills trying to sc- scrambling around and trying to help um, Jen and Anissa. I think the only thing I a little lacks on is Anissa's story so far. I don't hate it. Her but Blackhawk, yeah, but it's just a little bit. I'm just kind of okay. So is she out? She's outside the zone, and she's yelling at the people, and then she comes, and then she comes back in. I thought, the, yeah, I thought the, I thought the Purdy, um, callback was a little. It was asking a lot of the viewer to me, <laughs> right? Cause I had to remember exactly who these people yeah, I like, were. I was like, 
wait, so what was her story? Yeah, and the, thing with her the guy that wasn't talking was that that was also mute. And yeah, so it was. Like, <laughs> and I was like, why are they running the show? Like, like those. I mean, we we did not like those episodes, <laughs> right? I remember correctly. Yeah, those were um, it was like a callback. It was like it was like this. That whole place was stuck in like the the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, it was a two. It was a two parter. Very um, very strange and creepy. Yeah, it was kind of a weird episode. Those two episodes that they did. Yeah. And, like, I kind of had to remember, oh, yeah, so this is the city that's right outside Freeland. Yeah. So, yeah, it would make sense that if you escaped, you'd get to this place. But I didn't understand, like, why. Like, I kind of understood why these people wouldn't want them. But it just seemed like Anissa was being kind of, like, really, like, intense. Yeah. Like, choking the guy and stuff. I'm yeah. like, damn, like, this, like, you can't just move them. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to move them anywhere else, but I'm like, you can't just move them into the next town over. Like, I, yeah. Like, she's taking the choice out of their hands. Like, yeah. she literally said so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm like, that's not heroic. <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite. I didn't. I don't know. I do agree with you. I don't know what the trajectory they're trying to tell with her is with this. Yeah. So I, I'm not, you know, sure what they're, what they're going to do with her. So um, I, I, I've also enjoyed her fight scenes as Nighthawk, though. That, that I have. been cool with. Yeah. And I still like her character, and I still think the actress is doing a great job playing the character. Yeah, Nefissa Williams is, is, is yeah. very good. So I, you know, even with that being said, I'm still in, very much enjoying the story. Um, I'm enjoying Jen's arc as well. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing her see this new Khalil. Yeah. Do you think Khalil was going to kill his mom? What? Do you think Khalil was going to kill his mom? Yeah. Yeah, I did too. I just, I was just asking. I thought I thought he would too, but I was like, "This is gonna be hard for him to come back from." <laughs> yeah, which I mean, I I get it. You know, it's cool. Like like that, they're gonna just make go make him full on villain. I, they, I am kind of dread. I'll be honest. I, I actually kind of disagree. I think I'm kind of dreading the Jennifer Khalil storyline really? that will happen because you got too much of that in the last season. Yeah, and it's gonna be like the same storyline, but just set. Like, I'm assuming this one won't work. I think this one's going to be better. Because it's going to be less of that, like, CW, like, you know, oh, should we, should we not? Or, right. oh, I don't, how are we going to plan our future? Like, no, so the, like, Khalil is, is is gone. And But he, I hope they commit to you know, that. I hope they don't do anything stupid where it's like, oh, but he remembers Jennifer, and now he's back. He's like, you don't remember your mom, but you remember Jennifer. Right. Like, <laughs> that would be kind of ridiculous to me. Yeah. I don't think they're going to do anything like that. I hope so. I just, I just, I, I, I just see, I just have the foresight to me of seeing like a, a, at least four or five episode arc with Jen is just trying to get to Khalil, and I'm just like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I see I'm that as well, but I don't think it's gonna be like, I don't think it's gonna be like as cheesy as it was last season. I hope you're right. This episode, this show is also, I mean, to me, like you know, this show, Supergirl, and, um, Agents of Shield. They're like always in a battle every year for like which show can 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 outdo each other in regards to making the most references to whatever's happening in current times in America. <laughs> and this I mean this show I mean this episode this season is like is just really taking it on in a way that to me only Superhero and and Legend and uh Agents of Shield had done in the past. Right. They've one thousand percent linked this uh meta human testing and trafficking situation to what we have with the undocumented immigrants yep. in this country. And 
it's some it's i think it's worked so far um especially when they've kind of put together the idea that they uh yeah with the asa or whatever yeah. they've put like the border around the country around the city and if you leave like they arrest you and they switch you from your family because they think you might be a metahuman uh so they've 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 tech they've tackled that on just full on with no kind of accents they kind of use the same words you know they put them in cages and they separate them from their parents like yeah they use the same rhetoric like it's not they're on the nose with what they're trying to say with this show yeah do you think grace kind of came out of nowhere yeah she did yeah i wasn't I, I i wasn't i thought we were done with her like forever i thought she was gonna come back but i just didn't, i just thought <laughs> yeah, her introduction was, was really back. bad i thought it was the only thing they did that was bad in these three episodes um, this woman disappeared under like very mysterious circumstances, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm back. I missed you, so I wanted to see. I wanted to say what's up." I'm like, yeah. "They've been looking for this girl for since the end of last season and, and in between last season and this season." And she's like, "Oh yeah, what's up?" And how'd she get in the city? I guess she, maybe she never left the city. Yeah, I guess. Because I'm That's like, you couldn't leave because they were they boxed everybody in, right? And you couldn't get in. So if you even if you left. Somebody left before the whole situation happened. You couldn't get back in. Yeah. I mean, she can disguise herself, so I assume that's how they allowed she was able to stay hidden. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just wondering where this story is gonna go. I think. I mean, Grace will. Grace is a the Grace Troy character is like a superhero in the DC comics. Okay. All right. So she will probably put on a suit or something and start fighting. That's that's definitely where this is going. I just. I just thought it was weird how she just showed up. I almost hope that there's some maybe some other shooter dropped. I don't know, like maybe she's a Markovian mole or something. I mean, she was acting shady. She was acting very shady. So I mean, we will definitely see in future episodes what was going on with her. Maybe she is a Markovian mole. Like it kind of would make more sense now. It's possible because yeah. that was random. She just showed up on a park bench. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, okay. Yeah, it's very this possible. Is happening. But yeah, I'm I'm digging I'm digging this I'm digging this season a lot. Uh, Tobias Whale, man, in bad shape. In very bad shape, but he's always entertaining, even in bad shape. <laughs> <laughs> he and great. he will uncertainly uh, when his his uh, rise to prominence will be legendary. Oh yeah, you can see it already. He's gonna come from the complete rock yeah. bottom, and he's gonna take that case back from Lala. <laughs> How how did Lala get the case? I don't even remember how that happened. I forgot. I completely forgot. I'm not even going to... Are we certain they actually showed that to us? I think they did. Okay. I hope so. Yeah, I, was I like, think they did. I'm like, how did he get the I just, case? I haven't seen these shows in so long. I know. <laughs> we uh, definitely need... They need yeah. a flashback of Yeah, Sean. they did. They needed, they they needed really like a any, very lengthy flashback. They did a lot of flashback of just him waking up, but we've seen yeah, that a million times. They exactly. needed a flashback of how the hell he get... <laughs> the most valuable asset Item. in the entire se- series right now. Yeah. Which is appreciated that we still know exactly what it does. Exactly. Um, I think that's all the stuff we had to say about these episodes. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But the ASA is definitely, I mean, oh, man, these are bad dudes. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, how they no. set up. Um, How they set up, obviously... By saying, "Oh, like the Markovians killed, killed uh, his Khalil's mother. mom. That's why you gotta help us. And that's why she helped them. Mm-hmm. And how like how they, he killed, t- how they killed that kid. Yeah, how he sent the kid to a- asking questions from Tobias. Tobias. Yeah, 
And once Tobias started, started telling him saying all those stuff secrets. that was like secrets, when like, I had to kill a kid, and like he then he tried to tell like uh, he told uh, um, their the mother, he's like oh like you know he died because he was in Markovian custody. Right. It's like he gave him some like obvious nonsense when she saw that the kid was okay. Yeah. So. Um, I did like it was weird. Like Jefferson was giving his wife a hard time, but I did feel like Lynn was kind of like giving the ASA way too much rope, with, like some of the stuff. Cause like I mean, you saw that they killed the kid that you cared about, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I, I know what they're doing." He's like, "Yeah, but you're also using a lot of their talking points." Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Lynn's in a tough spot. She is in a tough spot. So she I does, as like, she said, she cares about the kids, and she's a doctor, yeah. and she has an oath to protect the kids, regardless of exactly the people there. Under, yeah. yeah. But um, it's 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 been a fun series. We'll keep uh we'll keep checking it out. But I think that's a good place to wrap the show this week. So uh, of course, shout out to Kendall for being on the podcast, and we thank him for joining us. We thank you guys for listening in. If you love this content. You can catch all of our shows on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We also do a sports podcast and a Star Wars podcast every week. So make sure you check that out again. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, New Generation Podcast Network. Also follow us on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on uh, social media, uh, on Twitter, at New Generation Pod. On Instagram, at New Generation Podcast. And uh, on Facebook, New Generation Media. You can find Shamari on Snapchat and Instagram, MCSham2322. MCSham22. You can follow me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Hope you guys enjoyed this show. For Shamari, I'm EJ. Peace.